Summer Breakfast. Top of the morning, everybody. It is a Wednesday morning here at uh, SEN. And great to have you on board and your company this morning. For the McCafe menu, our official coffee partner, as always, Michael Kasprowitz. Heading to England to join the SEN commentary team. My, oh, India. My. That's what I said. England, you said. Oh, oh, sorry. I've got England in front of me. So of course, he's heading to India. And this could be awkward. This could be, boy. This could be very awkward. Uh, no, well, he might be heading to England too if he does a good job in India. All right. I'll, might be getting to the Ashes. Yeah, I'll be not taking <laughs> part in that interview. <laughs> Sophie Locke. We'll come back to that. Sophie Locke, Hawthorne AFLW player as well. Uh, Adam Hartlett, West Adelaide coach. Now, Oscar Steen, uh, great story at Collingwood yesterday, takes the last spot on the Collingwood list. Uh, Big Ruckman. That's great for him. That's great for Collingwood. Look at that poor old West Adelaide there in the sand. We'll get a 204-centimetre young uh, encar- uh, promising ruckman yanked uh, out of their um, club in weeks before the, the Sandful season. So we'll get the other side of that from Adam Harland. And Steve Smith over there in India sat down with uh, our very own Barat Sunder Racing for a chat on the eve of this highly anticipated Ford Test Series. So we'll bring you a bit of that as well. Questions of that notice, all for the Kogan Money credit card packed full of value. So are you. Casper will actually join oh, so us from the airport. that off the top. The well, Casper thing, you know, I'm a bit touchy a, on it. He's a big guest. You know I'm a bit touchy on it, and you you just gone back. Like Steve Smith there's the big name, but no, you lead with Casper. I'm pretty keen You're to have a chat because he's at the airport now, so everything I've been told, this is very last minute. I think uh, even SEN management was scrambling to find someone, <laughs> anyone to get there, and they've gone for Casper. had a magnificent right. uh, career in all formats, no of course. No problems. Uh, no. Played in India, played nine tests against India, I reckon. Yep. And uh, he'll join us from the airport. So Good. there's salting of the wound, and then there's this. So... Yeah. It's as awkward as I've ever felt going on a live broadcast of anything, you know, over 40 years. Mm. Really, really awkward. (laughs) He's going to be at the airport too. Really awkward. uh, He'll be getting over there. Actually, I'll tell you, there's only one time I felt a little more awkward. Go on. With Sammy Hargraves yesterday when he started talking about golf. Oh, mate. What about the 30-minute free plug he gave to some new driver and wood and iron? Well, I just heard him Talk out the back. He's up, he's up to the 16th out the back. Oh, mate. Oh. I know I've been a real flog. So I, I just I just assure all our <laughs> listeners this morning, it's, it's a golf-free zone. Well, I just wanted to talk about my magnificent giant bike, and I'll run you through every kilometre that I rode oh. yesterday on that, if that's all right with you. Oh, what about Sammy yesterday? I think it was from 6.30 till 7. Like It's a half hour. We'll never get back. Oh, no. We'll never, ever get it back. Well, I must say I missed it. I was busy preparing for uh, for mornings. But, oh. um, yes, it made, made oh, a did you did you – so you survived it, though. You got through. I did miss you I, yesterday. I, I thought, oh, this is the end of it. No, he won't go. Oh, another one. All right. He went to another hole. Then <laughs> oh. I, I thought, I oh, know he'll draw it to a conclusion here. The audience would have loved it. Oh, no. No, he got a hell of a pasting. <laughs> He got a hell of a pacing for it. I hope he's not listening this morning, Sammy. Love your work, mate. Like, you know, uh, all for the sake of a new driver. And nice of him to fill in as well to come in. I'd been diverted, well, of course. Where were you? I'd been diverted to mornings. What do you mean diverted? Well, I'd been um, redeployed. As they say in footy, I was reprogrammed. What, I was what, moved. Why? I don't know. We're I just do what I'm told. Look, there's our photo on the I know, wall. It's and you I, and I. I. I missed you terribly. But did you fix up your debt with Sammy Hargrove? Yes, I did. Right. And he said, I'm the only person ever in SEN history that's paid a buddy bet. 
He said, no one ever pays them. I said, give me the meat back. Well, you're a good buddy. So not only did he get a driver for nothing and bought us stupid for half an hour on golf, he also got, gave him a big lump of meat that's been dry aged for 30 oh. days. So how did you, what did you do yesterday? Did you recover okay from that? Did you have a good day? What did I do yesterday? I want to ask you about something, actually. I can't remember what I did yesterday. I cooked some nachos last night. It's, a, it's one of those recipes that, you know, I've gone through the motions, if you like, with nachos, and everyone knows how to make nachos, and they're very basic. But I, I always get the feeling there's something more. The grass is greener with nachos. And I've been battling to find... You had the shelf problem with the nachos, because the, the shell kept closing on you. Oh, no, that was the taco. Yeah, taco. that's another thing. It was nacho, another Mexican nacho dish. Nacho taco. No, I no, it's a big up. difference. So have you got it? Well, obviously, you don't, given you don't even know what they are. But I, I'm keen to solicit a good technique, a good recipe. I've tried so many. So my non-negotiable, I've found, though, with them is you can, you have them for one night only. You can't... You can have your... Your mix, if you're, if you're cooking with mince, you can have your mince and onion and garlic mince that you, you might keep for, for a night and then reuse. But you can't go the chip the second night because the chip sogs up like you would not believe on night two. So you've got to go fresh chip, corn chip, right from the start, okay, each and every time. But I'm keen on a good guacamole recipe as well. How do people go about it? I mix the, the mince and the, and the corn chips, you know, through a bit of cheese, just a bit of layer work first bake them off nicely, and then come back to the salsa and everything later. But I don't know. Didn't you need I'd, a dietitian at your joint? I need more. No, these are little treats. These are little treats. Yeah, but you talk about – the only treats I've known you to talk about here are wood-fired pizzas. Oh, they're okay. They're healthy. Yeah. These That's things, just flour and water. Anything Mexican. Yeah, well, what's wrong with Mexican? Well, uh, oh, Pickers we, will have your guts for gardens if you're going to have a crack at the system. Mexican. No. Not at all, and a good bean as well. By the way, need a good bean in the in the. What's wrong with a baked bean? No, every good SPC baked bean, mate. Good fibre in those, isn't there? Oh, they're fantastic. No, no, just a bit of a, a bit of a red bean. We like to. Is there nothing them. better after a hard day? If you've had a hard day, whatever you do, whatever your job, I'm a farmer, so yep. you've been out there. You come in, you open the freezing ah, oh, no, I can't be bothered. You go to the pantry next to it, and you get the can of baked beans, and you cook up three pieces of toast. Put a bit of butter on them, put them in a you know, little triangle, mm. and you warm the beans up, the baked beans up on them, tip it on the toast, then just smother them in pepper. Oh, magnificent. <laughs> Look at your face. Magnificent. Look at your face. So, Johnny's uh, in Port Augusta. By the way, the Ivo Insurance open line uh, today, as it is each and every day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Yes, and the temper 40 wings text is 0433981116. Let's go out to Port Augusta where Johnny's been now waiting on the line. Morning, John. Good morning, Sam. Morning, Simon. Hey, John. What's happening, I, uh, Johnny? Really looking, really looking forward to tomorrow. I'm like a, I'm like a kid at Christmas. Uh, Looking forward to this uh, big Indian series because I think it could be a beauty. We've only, as you blokes probably well know, we've only won twice in India 69 70 under Bill Laurie and 04 with Adam Gilchrist and uh, Ricky Fonding's side. So, yep. really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be bloody tough. Sent some good sides there that have struggled over the years and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, it should be great. It should be really. And Simon, who's the best fast bowler you ever faced? Uh, not best fast bowler, sorry. The best bowler you ever faced. And who's the quickest bowler you ever faced? I dare say Malcolm Denzel Marshall would go close to getting a mention, wouldn't he? Yes, he does. He's he's top three. Wasn't Matt Graham's the best bowler ever faced? Was he? Was he? Was a 
beauty, and Malcolm is right up there with him. Was him the king of the reverse? Good John, on you, Johnny. Absolutely right and, up and, there with him. And a reminder, John, uh, Michael Kasparitz, uh, the well-credentialed uh, cricket analyst and commentator, will join us later on. Just prior to heading to India from uh, the airport this all morning. as what well. What time's Casper on? Well, so you're, should we can, can can we do a compare the pair? We'll get your resume no, out with no, Casper. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I won't be here for the interview. You won a when, World Cup. You won time? a World Cup in India, but he was there the last time. Obviously, as Johnny has mentioned, last time they won in 04, he was part of the pace, the we pace did battery. And uh, once in the last fifty years, we've we've won a Test series there, as Johnny reminds us. So he's a big figure in this series. Each and every time Australia tour India, Michael Kasparitz, and I couldn't think of a better person to have on the line to preview it than Casper. Uh, Des is in Cranbourne. G'day, Des. Morning, Scoot. Morning, Sonny. G'day, Des. Something, Des? Uh, I just head into work, mate. Uh, big night. Better the chilli peppers last night, oh. so I'm a bit, bit dusty. But How I was it? What, unbelievable, boys. I think Anthony Kiedis is 61 and Flea, who he was is. originally born in... Flea from uh, originally born in Melbourne. He's 60, mate. What a show. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fantastic. They, they, good... Yeah, yeah, you got a recipe, haven't you? Yeah, I've got a guac recipe for you, Sonny, mate. Just keep it simple with the uh, avocado, mate. Mash up one avocado, mm-hmm. squeeze in half a lemon, and then just a couple of quick splashes of Tabasco, mate. That's what going around. Half a lemon. So, no, I thought lime went into the guacamole. Lime juice. No, but you say lemon. Oh, lemon or lime. What, your choice. Lemon right. or lime, but you've got to splash in the Tabasco, mate. Ah, oh, Des, you're too kind, mate. Tabasco sounds like a, I haven't seen that in the recipe too often. So, hey, hang on the line, Des. Um, for your troubles, we'll flick your double pass to the Summer Festival at the Valley on the 24th of this month. Experience fun you won't forget. Racing, live music, entertainment, the Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 to February 24. Tickets at thevalley.com.au. Enjoy that on us, Des. Appreciate your call. Um, Scoob, you need to add brown vinegar to the baked beans oh, after the pepper. Yeah, some of this baked bean stuff is, is going on. Just brilliant. And people really what coming for your recipe. Che- grated cheese and Worcestershire sauce. People coming for this. Wow. I like the sound of your little go-to. But some, oh, I love a baked bean. I some, love a baked bean. Some improvements here ham as well. Ham sauce. You know, got to be that ham sauce baked bean. I thought with the guacamole, though, you had... I saw something this morning. I was just having a look. Um, toast the cumin and the ground coriander first. Then mash that through the avo with the onion and the chilli and a bit of lime juice and a bit of coriander. Now, Des has gone the lemon. That's fine. But uh, I don't mind the old lime juice in there as well. Anyway, um, former, finally found myself a good TV show last night. Had taken a while. But I was a big fan of Fowder. Have you ever watched Fowder? No. F-A-U-D-A. Well, the new season just dropped on Netflix. Right. Absolutely. Write it down. Subtitle, though. Do you do, do you do the subbies? What? Do you do subtitles? The things you read. Yeah, you have to read. Do you do them in a TV show or do you prefer to stay away? If they're not for you, you're going to have to put up with the dubbing and can't do dubbing. That's a, You take subtitles over dubbing every day of the week. Uh, I'm happy with the dub. Dub? Yeah. No. I, I Horrible. Still, I find it hard to read. No. <laughs> and these ones are pretty quick too. They come thick and fast. Yeah, it's the Israelis, the Palestinians. It's a, sort of a terrorism-based sort of um, good guy, bad guy sort of setup. But... Um, Really good show. Well worth a watch if you haven't uh, seen it before. Um, the Wisp was back on the beat yesterday on Channel 7. Did you see this? What do you Tim mean? Tim Watson. Back on the beat. Well, he went out to do an interview. Now, the Wisp Old and Gary. Wispy. Yeah, the Wisp and Gary, by the way, back next Tuesday. Tuesday. A lot of people asking. Back next Tuesday, normal service resumed. <laughs> 
Some would say finally. Off the back of the Super Bowl. So those two will be back in this chair next Tuesday. But the Wisp was back on the beat. He went out to the hangar to interview the new Essendon coach, Brad Scott. Did he? Nice little story there. Long form. About two minutes, two minutes and change. Bit of a feature. But the one thing I took out of it was the extraordinarily high amount of cutaways for the Wisp. The number of two shots with the wisp and, the nodding and Brad, head. not oh, laughing, joking, oh, hi, I'll doing. Be happy out here. I had to. I thought this is an extraordinary amount of cutaways. I had to go back and do a count. Now, wisp will say he's just giving the people what they want, probably. But uh, I went back. Seven cutaways. No. Seven cutaways. Magnificent by Watson. In a hundred and twenty seconds, seven cutaways. Seven in a hundred and twenty. Do the maths on that. I reckon it have to be a PB, a cutaway PB. And didn't that just uh, magnificent by Watson? So they they relaunching the Wisp, are they? Well, no, I think the Wisp just gets wheeled out for the special projects. And there he was. I reckon it was a black polo as well, short sleeve, casual, laid back, but with a sophisticated class about it at the same time. It was a a round or a square glass. uh, I reckon he was glassless. Glassless. He didn't wear the specs. So the specs just for show. Well, that's a question that we'd need to ask the Wisp. But I guess he didn't have to read the old teleprompter. They there. just were image, are they? The, so the we glass. got to see his beautiful face in its entirety. Wow, no wow. cap, and every time he comes in here, of course, he's always got the cap on. So this was raw Wisp. I think he's doing a another feature tonight on Seven News. Is he? Yeah, with um, Dave Barham, oh. <laughs> James. You are a real smart aleck, aren't you? What did you make of that story? <laughs> Herdy. Blimey. Oh, you couldn't write the script, could you? He wanted to go for the presidency, we you read. You couldn't Mark write Robinson's. the script. He wanted to go for the presidency, we read. I happened to be close by to Kevin Sheedy when he was stamping his feet overseas. Oh, were you there? Yeah. You he, were, weren't he you? He was stamping his feet, Kevin. He, he in, in the story that Mark Robinson's written, left on that cruise for Lindsay Fox's, yeah, mm. uh, just knowing that Herdy was going to be announced as coach. Mm. And when he wasn't, that's Six when the one. that's when the toys were thrown out of the cot. Yep. And were they? Was he rather animated when he when word filtered through? He was disappointed. To, where were you, Canada or something? He was disappointed. We were around. I was within vicinity. The vicinity. I disappointed. Yeah, up against the wall. You know, with the glass. If it was for broadcast, would there need to be a beep for the odd sub? No, no. Chiefs uh, doesn't get overly emotional, but you know, speaks his mind, and uh, that was good. Okay. So, yeah, you couldn't write this stuff. Couldn't write this stuff. You just couldn't. Our SENSA audience is with us up until 6.30. Great to have you guys on board as well. You can get involved on the Temper 40 Wings text. They are the consumer's choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows. They've got the adjustable bases. And they've got so much Hutchie's more. sort of done that to me. What's that now? I just met with everyone behind closed doors when I'm putting my hand up. To be Did you get the guarantee like Herdy? The commentator. And then he just goes and... Casper. Gets, you know, sort of... You know, I'm thinking I've got the gig, and then next thing, bang, gone. Tim Butt, they can form the exact shape of your body. We'll be back after this on Summer Brecky. Stay with us. Summer Breakfast. Off the text uh, from Peter, that uh, missed-up Fox boat ride was costly for a couple of AFL coaches. Sheedy hears about Hurdy, and then Brett Ratton Future also decided on the same boat trip, says Peter. Um... How many went on the trip? It was a lot. It's like one of those things 
historical sporting events where seemingly everyone was there. Last count, there was about 400 people on this birthday cruise. Brett Ratton's future was decided. No, you don't think so? No. No? Well, not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge. You weren't consulted? Being a secure power broker? I was hovering around trying to, you know, get snippets of information and I got more snippets about the 6-1 board feud at Essendon than I did of anything with St Kilda. Fair enough. Catching what's only the idea of baked beans is simplicity. I tell you what, the number of baked beans texts coming through. If you are loading it with too many other ingredients, then you aren't baked beaning right, says Couchy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Simon, add two fried eggs on top, says John. Oh, yeah, so nice, that's the other nice. side. Yeah. And David says uh, baked bean jaffles are the bomb. You've got to try them, Scoob. Yeah. Ever chucked them in a toasty? My word. In a toasty, beautiful. You've got to wait for them to cool down because it burns your lips. Yeah. Tongue. <laughs> Tyson, Tyson's out in uh, Bomberland. He, he likes Fowder. He's with me on that one, but Brian's not. Nothing worse than sitting down to relax for the night, finding myself having to read a good TV show. No subtitles. No thanks. There you go. No oh, one. Well. You got a ticket to Gina's raffle yet, by the way? Gina Reinhardt. You were talking about that when I first arrived this morning. You said... Hancock Prospecting. You said, how many people do you think work at Hancock Prospecting? And I said, oh, be thousands. Have to be. Thousands upon thousands. Thousands of people. Well, she's about to dish out, Gina, another $4.1 million in bonuses to staff, but it's done with an old-fashioned raffle. So she's worth, what's Gina worth? Said to be 30, oh. 40 billion, I reckon. She's handing out $100,000 each to 41 lucky workers at Hancock to mark her 41 years at the firm. So the raffle will be held this week to determine who gets the cash, the West Australian reporting. So $100,000 for your troubles. That's not bad, is it? You'd love your marble to get pulled out, wouldn't you? It's better than the meat tray. Oh, yeah. It's better than the meat tray. Um, it also coincides with uh, Jenna Reinhardt's 69th birthday on Thursday. In fact, I was reading down. I couldn't stop reading this. The, she handed out a million dollars in bonuses, um, to $100,000 to 10 uh, workers in a Christmas drawer as well. So mm. not Giving bad. something back. Not bad. Having said that, you're worth $35 billion. Just a bit Is that of, what she's worth? Apparently. Bit of chump change for Gina. It's a lot, isn't it? Not bad, is it? Hey, Steve Smith had some things to say. I know we're going to play some audio later on. He sit down with uh, with our very own Barrett. Which you should have led at six o'clock with this. It plays a second fiddle to Casper, who I can't wait to talk about, particularly around how his uh, selection in the SEN commentary team uh, came about. Uh, But the Aussies arrived in Nagpur to see the wicket for the first time yesterday. Scoob Uh, sounds like they're a bit unsure how it's actually going to play. But Steve Smith pretty much just put a line through Cam Green just said he hasn't faced fast bowling yet with that broken finger, so I highly doubt he's going to play in this test. So I think we can put a line through through Cam Green. But he also went on to say, and I'm not sure if he said it with Bharat, but he said it somewhere yesterday, that a series win in India would be bigger than winning the Ashes in England. Yeah, they've put a lot on this. You know, and India's you know, that, that frontier where it has more challenges put in front of a, um, a cricketer than probably England does, just from the the nature of what they're going to have to put up with over there, from weather to food to hotels to travel to you know, pitches, outfields. So I, I think that's probably fair enough in a way. Surprise me, though. But it's more is it not more historical. So for the reasons that we're talking about before, you've won one series there in 50 years. But I think the players are talking more of the challenge. Right. You know, they know what they're going to get when they get to Headingley and Lords and whatever, but you get to some of these Indian places. Don't they not, know what they're going to get in India? Well, no, but it's so alien. You saw some of those test matches when England were there recently. Mm. They were opening test match 
test matches with spinners. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about that, that a little that bit sort later of stuff. on. So that that challenge as a complete cricketer, I think they're saying is is more arduous and more challenging on the subcontinent now than what it is in England. There's just as many twists and turns with the side we actually select uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, as there is in the wickets over there. I mean, uh, who's going to partner Nathan Lyon? What's the batting lineup going to look like? Um, is Renshaw actually going to play uh, now that Cam Green sounds like will not? Um, is it going to be Agar? Is it going to be the leg spinner Swepson? I think we're going to come home, and this is why Hutchie should have taken me there because you know I'm a very good predictor. I reckon we're going to come home with a new star in our spin bowling ranks. You're going to tell us the name of that person a Todd bit later Murphy. on? Oh, you're going to tell us right now. Right now, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Jeez, your ability to tease as well is why you've got yourself over there to India as well. You know, the way you just tease it into the break to keep us guessing. Nah, bang, there it is, Todd Murphy. Uh, Toyota Call here is back for a tougher anybody. appearance at every angle. Search Toyota Hilux Rogue today. Gary Tim will be giving away a Toyota at the end of the year. A farewell to our SENSA audience. Jared Walsh, Bryce Gibbs coming right to you after this. And thanks very much. Our sports update is for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. And uh, this has been coming. I, th- I think I saw some headlines, of, uh, uh, captaincy shocker. There was no shock in this. Nat Pfeiffer stood down as Fremantle's captain following six seasons in the role. I mean, you play no footy basically during the year. We'll get into this at a seven o'clock. But uh, in his absence, I thought this Fremantle team grew massively. And when you've got a young MVP, the most valuable player in the competition, and a, and what a person who appears to be a natural born leader in um in Andy Brayshaw over there, I think I think it's a no brainer. Or they could go Alex Pierce or Caleb Sarong, who knows? But um I think it's an absolute no brainer. And Nat Fife going into the last year of his six year deal now gets the opportunity to strip it right back and concentrate on what he does well, hopefully, and that is play football and um and deliver and yep. perform. Good thing I reckon he's a future life member, and we're inducting a few of those uh, yes. shortly. The AFL, Trent Cochin. Who's that? Trent Cochin. Okay. Go on. What did it say? Oh, I just didn't hear what you said. I wasn't sure who you were talking about. Trent, yep, he's there. Talking about Clark Kent. Maybe. Kent Kent Cochin. Yes. Trent Cochin, the Eagles' Josh Kennedy, Toss Goldstein. That's Todd. Todd. That's Todd yeah, Goldstein. No, Todd. Well, we've got Toss in front of me. That's all right. You well, blokes, you set me up the last couple of days. I have done nothing of the this sort. This is you. This stinks of you. Who else is in? Uh, Paddy Ryder, Steel Sidebottom, Bruce McAvain, Andy Maguire, Lisa Lisa Hardiman, and Peter Haby. Yep. They're the new uh, AFL Life members who will be recognised next month. So congratulations to all. Indeed. Each of them uh, richly deserved. A report from Michael Warner in the Herald Sun. Former Hawthorne President Andrew Newbold has been quietly reinstated to the powerful AFL Commission as footy's racism probe drags into a sixth month. Newbold, of course, you'll remember, Scoob, took that leave of absence in September um, but rejoined the league last week. And this just... What's that say? That we're close to a resolution. Yeah, or that the process is not much in it. Oh, I wouldn't have thought that. Well, he, he, he only he only he, he only took a leave of absence because of his conflict and could not be involved in the investigative process. Mm-hmm. I would have thought, but the AFL's gone out to an independent four-person it's a, paneling. It's, it's it's independent, so why would he have a conflict? Just to remove all doubt, I would have thought. But so those written submissions have been done, I'm told, and then put to Fagan and Clarkson for their opportunity to respond. So it's not moving quickly. None of it is, but it. At least it's moving, anyway. 
Aaron Finch, he announced yesterday's retirement from international cricket after more than a decade representing Australia. He's played 254 matches for Australia, 146 of those. A one-day internationals, 103 T20s, five test matches. Uh, he's 172 against Zimbabwe in 2018. Mm. is the highest T20 international score of all time. So a great career for Aaron Finch. Uh, uh, well done. Enjoy retirement. A couple of World Cups too in the uh, in the trophy cabinet. He said Steve Smith after the, that recent Big Bash rampage. Glenn Maxwell were contenders to succeed him in the role, and also a bit of love for Ashton Turner over there at the uh, Perth Scorchers if they were to go down that path. For Maxie. the yeah, well that's the name he put up. Yeah, as captain, what would, does that surprise you? Probably does a little bit. Does it? Oh, well, How I haven't come? heard him mentioned in leadership roles well, as such. Going to captain the stars. For Australia, I haven't heard him mentioned. For mm. the state, I haven't heard him mentioned. Mm. So that just surprised me a little mm. bit. That's, that's all well and good. Xavier Cooks from the Sydney Kings, no surprises there, uh, voted the NBL's most valuable player for the 2022-2023 season. He was the third Kings player to be voted MVP in the past five years. He joins Jalen Adams in uh, 22 and Andrew Bogut 2019. He averaged a career high 16.2 points per game in the uh, season, 7.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists while being a defensive stalwart for his side. In fact, there was a bit of controversy that he, he wasn't nominated for the Defensive Player of the Year award as well. But nevertheless, the MVP well-deserved Xavier Cooks. That'll do. Uh, Australia has battled to a win in a warm-up match uh, for the T20 World Cup in South Africa. They beat India by 44 runs. It was a low-scoring clash in uh, Cape Town, but good to see the Aussies come out on mm. top. I think their IPL... Auction is tonight. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it's just before their first game. So, do you have any more detail? Who would be our? Who would fetch? Mate, the they're biggest... all they're all yeah. in. I think everyone that's gone has nominated to play IPL. Yeah, right. So when's the women's IPL? When's women's IPL then? Do you know the timing of that? No idea. Right. We'll but have the, a look at the that. auction. I think is the night before our first game. What's the money like compared to the? We're about to find out. Okay. They haven't bought anyone yet. Well, I just uh, wondered if the there was an indication. Yeah, I just wondered so I just if there said... was an indication. All right, you're agitated. I Casper's not too far away. Uh, Melbourne Storm CEO Justin Rodsky uh, caught up with him yesterday. He's expecting Ryan Pappenhausen to return early in the new season, saying the injured fullback has improved since returning from the US where he worked with renowned rehab specialist Bill Knowles. We did catch up with uh, the Pat while he was over there. Still no timeline, though. Still TBC. He's still hasn't joined Major. Yeah, it's been a total strip back, hasn't it, of... Um, of his physical capabilities. It was a serious injury. So uh, the fractured kneecap uh, from memory. So we wish him all the best in his recovery. Uh, Toro, they power our sports update, Toro. Above or below ground, you can count uh, on Toro. Um, all right, Scoob, we better take a what? break here. What's wrong? You're looking at me like we need to take a Why break. I just say we, we always take a break. I just like to time. take a, a breath and well, decompress after the sports update because it is a lot of information in a short period of time. So we just... Exhale and say we're about to take a break. There's much more still to come You'd here. You want to go in that raffle with Gina Reinhardt, don't you? I wouldn't mind a hundred thousand dollar Christmas bonus. Where's Hutchie's raffle? Hutchie have a raffle? Bataki ham. Oh yeah, the Bataki. Love a good Bataki. Never miss out on one of those. Uh, we'll be back after this on summer break. <laughs> summer breakfast. Welcome back. The Honor Insurance Open Line uh, is open. one 736 736 You can drop us a text 04 During summer, what do you reckon? It's once a week we talk hot air balloons and uh, crash landings and close calls and the like. Maybe even more often than that. It's an insane average. 
We've got another message here. Hot air balloon at Caulfield Park, just above the trees. Missed the open park again. Heading your way, duck. Oh, we'll keep an eye on that mm. one and wait for that to drop uh, on the socials shortly. Uh, pardon the pun. Oh, okay. I should have written down every morning we've had a hot air balloon just so we could do the dates. Yeah, there would be several. Yeah. You'd be you'd be nearing the end wow. of your A4 page, I reckon. Yeah, you would too. Hey, uh, just again, just talking during the ad break, you might have convinced me on Andrew Newbold. So you're thinking there, the former Hawthorne president who took that leave of absence uh, at the AFL Commission while obviously the initially the league and now this independent four-person panel investigate the historical uh, racism allegations at Hawthorne. And now we read uh, via Mick Warner at the Herald Sun that uh, I reckon a week or so ago, Andrew just quietly slipped back into his role and his duties at the commission. Now, you're saying we should read a fair bit into this as well, far as the I, I potential if he, outcome. If he steps aside, he stays there until we hear the outcome, Yeah, a, a conclusion to the investigation. But, I, I, don't, I don't see why you come back in mid-race. No, so that's one thing. Okay, let's say the process has been done or nearly it's not done. done. Nearly done. We don't know about it yet. Okay. But you're thinking that because he is back, that perhaps there's no case to answer well, as well. I, I, I'm only assuming that because I don't think anything's changed from when he stepped aside. It hasn't been tabled yet. We don't know the result of it. And why did he step aside in the first place? Because of possible conflict yes. of interest. Well, the only way you come back in after that is when the investigation is concluded. Yeah, that's fine. But it isn't concluded, and he's back in. How do we know it's not concluded? It might be concluded. We just haven't been made public yet. And maybe it's about to be presented to the AFL Commission now. But but, but he, why is he on the – when he excludes himself from that being presented to him as a commissioner, why is he now having it presented to him? Uh, because the, it's been done. It's, the process has been completed and the recommendation would come and therefore he can't be, um, he can't be tarred with the conflict of interest brush. Well, so he now get when he says, I, now I don't want to say because I have a conflict of interest mm. uh, on behalf of the AFL Commission, I don't want to have a say as a former Hawthorne president, but it's okay to have a say now that it's concluded on what those findings may mm. be. I, I don't understand that. I, yep. I need that explained to me. Okay. Our Optus Yes moment, Optus Business Mobile Plus. Great business starts with yes. Well, the pies. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Bruce, uh, you are a life member, so you'd be saying exactly that. Uh, The pies said yes also to Oscar Steen this week. He's been given the final spot on Collingwood's list. Now, he's from West Adelaide. He's 19 years of age. He has been training at Collingwood Scoop since uh, November last year as part of the supplemental selection uh, period. He's 204 centimetres, I think, on some of the things I've read. Um, he has impressed during the preseason, and this is, I guess, further insurance if you're Collingwood. Given Brody Grundy's shipped off over the road to Melbourne, you have got Darcy Cameron as your, you know, logical number one ruck, and already he's copped a soft tissue. So um, it's a, you know, it's a it's a thin layer between sort of success and failure in this part of the ground for them. I know Mason Cox uh, is on the list as well, and Aiden Begg uh, is a long termer, but Steen comes across. Now, he spent the bulk of last year playing reserves at West Adelaide, but did manage four senior Sandville games, 10 disposals and three marks on average. So we're going to have a chat to Adam Hartlett, the West Adelaide coach. The good thing about the preseason supplemental selection period is is stuff like this. The bad side of the coin is the clubs and the second tier, who are just about ready to get set their Sandville season a couple of weeks from now. And they've just added 204-centimetre Ruckman yanked off the list. Now they're, they're now scouring everywhere... High and low across South Australia, looking for someone yep. six foot six and above to come and play the rock. I'm not sure what Adam's 
point on this. He might be positive about it for all I know. He might not be critical at all. But I couldn't disagree more with those that are critical on this front because the flow-on effect is, so someone like Oscar gets his dream mm. fulfilled. Yep. He's on the list. Magnificent. Right. Everything he wants for. You can't not be happy for him. Then someone's going to replace Oscar uh, Steen at West Adelaide. Get an opportunity. Get an opportunity. Get a chance. Another stepping stone for them. Right. Tick. Magnificent. And yep. so on and so on down the line. And I think the more windows we have for clubs to get um, players in, whether it be in case of, um, you know, break glass in case of emergency, there's an issue where they're, you know, um, we need more windows and more avenues for clubs to pluck players like this, uh, I think. Um, it gives everyone, it gives people a chance. The more people who can play, the better. And we get some great stories out of it at the same time. That's the system working, isn't it? Isn't that the system yeah, working? absolutely. That's, that's the way you want the system to work because the more opportunity you create... The, and... The, the more dreams are fulfilled, the, the better the comp is and the, and the comp underneath and the comp underneath that. And, hey, I mean, they would not have known, I'm assuming, Adam would have known at West Adelaide for a while that there was a reasonable chance that Oscar was going to be lost to Collingwood. He's been training there since November. So I'm hoping that they've been planning. There's mm. been contingency planning there in place. I mean, it's not like it's, it's come without any warning. They've had four or five months to get their heads around it. So I'm, I'm sure it's okay. But, hey, at the very least, Adam will give us a rundown of what Oscar's like as a player and who Collingwood are, are getting and what sort of kid he is. Looks like a beauty. Um, in regards to Andrew Newbold standing down, Scoob, off the text, it's the same with the coaches. Uh, they stepped aside and then they came back to coaching sooner rather than later as well in Fagan and Clarkson. Yeah, but they were actually charged. They were actually the being investigated. Yeah. Being investigated. They were the people being investigated. Now, Andrew, I think the Newbold situation is different, and and I just don't think it. It doesn't look good. The visual's poor. Mm. The visual is really poor. Um, either way, whichever way you look at it, I I, I see the the commission side of it is is just it just looks messy to me. I think why wouldn't you wait? two months or a month or until this is all sorted, it's all out in the open, is there charges laid, is there, is there cases to answer, Is it, it's all done and dusted. Then Andrew Newbold comes back to the commission. Mm. I when when we're at the stage we are now, now I just don't, it doesn't look right. Latest player to throw their support behind one of these coaches, uh, Charlie Cameron yesterday, uh, Brisbane Lions up on camp up uh, up in northern Queensland. Uh, Charlie threw his support behind uh, Chris Fagan, as you would expect. Um, and I've just read something ahead of our chat with Michael Kasperitz at a 7 o'clock. Now, you've just anointed – no, just listen. You've anointed Todd Murphy as – and let's hope you're right – Victorian star in the making. He'll come back a star from India. Now, just reading the last comments from Michael Kasperitz on uh, team selection over there in India. Do not blood – Todd Murphy in India. India is not the place to expose him to test cricket. So, boy, oh, boy, if we weren't on a collision course between the two about who's going to get the seat on the plane, now we've got a butting of heads on selection as well. This is going to be spicy out of seven. Casper's uh, going with Swepson, is he? Oh, oh bugger me. <laughs> What's wrong with Mitch Swepson? Oh, it's Queenslander, isn't he? Oh, d- d- who cares? Oh. What's wrong with Toddy Murphy? Well, nothing. Tom Murphy might end up being a superb player, but uh, he's pushing up for his own. Up there it would go again. Hey, another banana bender. It would go against everything we've been conditioned to to understand from selectors like George Bailey and the like, who have been on the record saying they don't want to play two offies in the one team at the one time. Why are they taking then? It's insurance. It's backup. It's backup. Take a big squad over there, don't you? Long series. Open line doesn't cut it. They fly him over. <laughs> like seriously. They're completely different bowlers. Completely different bowlers. 
Oh, boy. Uh, our Optus, yes, mate, was Oscar Steen today. That's Optus. going to bring better than that to the table. Optus business, mate. I reckon you are going to fold like a deck of cards here. You talk a big game early and then you just crumble like paper mache. Optus, but, hey, prove me wrong. Optus Business Mobile Plus is fit for businesses of all shapes and sizes. Great business starts with yes. A weather update today. City Power supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. I reckon we're warming up for the weekend. 15 degrees at the moment. Only 22 today, but we're trending the right way. A break on Summer Breakfast back after this. Two for two, two, two. Summer Breakfast. There's a lot of text coming through about the cricket as well and selection. I'm genuinely interested how Scoob thinks Murphy and Lyon are completely different bowlers. We might get into that in our second hour. I reckon Travis Head says another could play a nice little role over there with his spinners. Let's not forget Michael Clark tore them apart last time he won over there. And then this one from Dan. I can't wait for this Aussie team to get smashed by India. Come on, Dan. Gee whiz. Should finally end Warner's career. Is he'll average about three. We'll also show everyone the Labashane just beats up on B-grade attacks in Australia. Come on, Dan. Smith is the only one who will play spin consistently well. Feel sorry for Head and Kerry as they won't be up to it at this level. Dan. Jeez, Dan. Jeez, I've been accused of uh, lacking some Victorian pride. What's Dan guilty of? Wow. Come on, Dan. Uh, James says, where's your Victorian pride? Well, um, I guess it comes in behind my Australian pride. And I just want the best 11 to... And most appropriate 11 to take to the pitch over there in Nagpur and um, stick it to them, Scoob. And I hope they do, regardless of who gets selected. Did you see just on sunrise there, just as we were in the ad break, that have you ever got in a Tesla or driven a Tesla no, before? I haven't. I've seen them on the road, but I've never I'm driven one. I'm not overly, I've got in one of my mates got one. I'm not overly familiar with them though. There's a, a video that's gone viral, as they say in the classics, uh, over there on a Southern California motorway. A woman has fallen asleep in the Tesla. She's out cold and just buzzing along, bumper to bumper on a freeway in the Tesla. And someone else in the car next to her has filmed her, saying, check this out. How dangerous is this? Just asleep. Just nodded off. Wow. Completely knocked out. How about that? Those Teslas are amazing, though, aren't they? So that's the driverless Tesla. That is indeed. That is indeed. That's the future. That is the future. Although so people will educate me the next summer well, breakfast I, if I have a Tesla and uh, I can sleep all the way from Kilmore to here. Someone will educate me, but I'm not sure the Teslas that are available in Australia are fully automated, if that makes sense. Mm. Are fully driverless. They're I reckon not legal yet, are they? Not here, I don't think. I don't think you could, they're fully driverless here. They might not be in the States either, but I, I thought they had a bit more leash than what we do here. But Some someone will let me out there that will tell us. Absolutely. Um, we're in for a nice day today. Top of 22, as I said earlier. The sun just peaking up. Speak for yourself on a nice day, eh? Uh, well, Casper's up next. Boy, oh boy, uh, Cam in Churnside Park. He said, I got the popcorn out, kicking back, waiting to listen to this stash between Scoob and Casper. Neither will take a backward step, Cam. Well, actually, one will. And I reckon you're sitting next to me. Back after these news headlines. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. It is Wednesday morning. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you right here on Summer Brekkie. Just a few days left for us. Uh, Gary and Tim back in these chairs after a, a little refresher. Uh, next Tuesday, the day after, of course, uh, Super Bowl 57 there in Phoenix, Arizona. The McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner, Sophie Locke, uh, Hawthorne AFLW, 
player was, uh, oh, geez, an emotional story last year when she made her debut in the game a couple of weeks after losing uh, her mum, Sarah, to cancer. Adam Hartlett's going to join us, the West Adelaide uh, coach in the wake of, uh, well, what was going to be his ruckman, Oscar Steen's uh, defection to Collingwood. He took the last spot on the Magpies list yesterday, young Oscar. Uh, Steve Smith, we've got uh, some audio to play from uh, Barat Sundarason's sit-down interview with the former Australian captain over there in India on the eve of this very highly anticipated first test that takes place tomorrow afternoon. And a reminder, you won't miss a ball of it here at SEN. Questions of that notice still to come. As well, I've just had a word, unfortunate word, Simon. I can't believe it, as a matter of fact, because uh, I couldn't have hyped this interview up with Michael Kasparitz anymore. What's happened? We've just rung him during the ad break to, to tee it up, and um, we wondered why he was whispering. And he's got an earlier flight, and he was literally, the, the wheels were lifting up off the runway as he answered our call. He's um, dogged it. That's what he said. He's what? He's dogged it. He's dogged it? Yeah. You think he's... I, I'll paper macho, he's crushed him. That's what's... Happened. What? He's no. got a bit frightened, did he? You don't quick. think he's? You don't think he's on the earlier flight? He sort of uh, thought he's beep beep. Thought he backed out. It was a strong northern. He didn't want to run into it. Did he? Oh, well, well, well. I am gutted. Well, well, well. You could be onto something. Big though. Casper, just back down because he's got an earlier flight. What? There's two flights fly to India within half an hour, hour of each other. Do you Give su- us a break. Do you suspect he just might be on the on the in the toilet cubicle there, just sort of um, you know on the phone just. Just hiding out. <laughs> Hear that in the background? His reputation is just flushed straight down the toilet. Ah, <sighs> which is a shame because. Pity, um, mate. I was ready. I was here. I was ready for it. He's taking your seat on the uh, plane, he's so he's going, going to Swepson from Queensland. I'm going Toddy Murphy from Victoria. Now, why? Why? Now, listen. Just on this, why are we going Todd Murphy? So George Bailey says they're not going to play two offies in the one team at the same time. Michael Casper had said this is no environment, um, no country for young men, basically. Do not play him over there in India where they are the masters of spin. It is a, a straight into the lion's den without a whip and without a chair. But you say, He's chuck him straight in. He's very good stock, young Todd Murphy. Won't be too much for him. Um, he comes from a, a very mentally tough family. He's done extremely well quickly. He's a very different bowler to Nathan Lyon as an off-spinner. He's quick through so? the air. He's... he's He's more direct. He's not as loopy a bowler. Mm. Uh, he'll he'll skid more over there just by way he bowls. Um, so I, I think I think both of those guys can bowl on pitches that are going to be helpful to spinners. I think because of just the natural variation of the way they bowl is is going to be like two different bowlers anyway. So I, I don't subscribe to can't have. Two offies playing okay. in India. So I know Stark's injured and I know um, Hazelwood, Hazelwood, or as someone said here, Balsawood, uh, is not going to play. But last time we won there in 2004, we only played one frontline spinner. It was mm. obviously the late and great Shane Warne and three quicks. And we, we used, uh, as someone said earlier, Michael Clark. Um, and then we went with the three quicks, Clarky bowling the part-timers. So can we overthink it in this part of the world? Like we see these turning wickets and we think... <gasps> Oh, we've got to we've got to play multiple spinners, but the, the, these these are the best players of spin in the world. Are we better not just to stick with the the, the tried and true, the three quicks, the one specialist, and a part timer? From what I gather, Nagpur is going to spin a lot. They, I don't think they'll be able to get Delhi to spin anyway because it, they're coming out of winter over in India, and it's quite a damp climate, Delhi, and you get a lot of fog, a lot of um, um, moisture in the air. In Delhi, so I, I think that'll be a completely different pitch to what the Nagpur one is. 
And again, you know, if I was over there, I'd be able, you know, I'd be able to sort of talk about these things with. You know, the Do you Casper's scribbling notes down in the toilet? I would think so. He's probably listening now. Thinking, oh, Scoob's right there. I better make mention of that. Ashton Agar, any chance? I don't think so. I, I think, and I only ask that because I think Swepson's ahead of him. If in Red Bull cricket, you know, it's good to have him there as a, a left arm finger spinner. I, I'm not sure he's in the eleven. I, I think if they play a second spinner, it comes down to either Swepson or Murphy. And only ask that because the left arm orthodox has been absolutely king on the subcontinent in recent times. So Jadeja Patel, and I know he's not at that level, but they just torment. Mm. Rival teams each and every time. And who's ever going to forget Sock? Steve O'Keefe's. So, so it's okay for India to play two left-arm finger spinners, but you can't play two right-arm finger no, spinners. No, so I'm saying they're left-arm orthodox. So it appears, and look, you're the expert. I am the mere um, mortal, the observer. But it, it would appear to be... To play those guys. Yeah, yeah. It would appear that, that that particular type of bowling seems to work over there. And listening to Steve Smith last night, he did say that uh, the left-handers, spinning the ball back into the left-handers at Nagpur, there was a, a particularly... Uh, nasty part of the wicket there. So I wanna... it's going to be a fantastic series. It really is going to be a brilliant series. Can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Casper's right. not going to join us. And I thought for all money, it was going to be you that folded. In the end, it was Casper uh, who quickly adjusted his flight plans uh, when he found out that he was going to be up against uh, you this morning. So um, we need to talk about uh, Essendon and Brad Scott. Uh, we had a bit of a laugh about the Wisp getting out there yesterday, but uh, the Bombers have changed. You know, their CEO, they've changed uh, their president in recent times, and now they've got a new coach as well who was lured, of course, out of AFL House for a second crack at the paper. He did say that after initially not being sure that he wanted, in fact, he didn't want to get back into coaching, he's now hungrier than ever. But he did stress multiple times that this was just going to take time. So are Essendon fans accepting of that? I mean, I wonder what Essendon fans' patience level is like because when the coach says three or four times in a two-minute interview that we know it's going to take time... I wonder how that washes with you. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jake String has been a big talking point again during the off season. Uh, Scoob. Now, as you're about to hear, um, Brad Scott said he played sore at times last year, and they've almost had to start again with Jake Stringer. Strip it all back, strengthen him up in the right areas to get him right for a long campaign. This is uh, the new Essendon coach, Brad Scott, speaking about uh, Jake Stringer. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot of groin pain uh, towards the end of last year, and. You know, everyone knows the, the, the influence Jake can have on games in really short periods of time, but he's a strength, power, um, impactful type athlete. And it's very difficult to do that when you're sore. And so he played sore a lot last year, so our priority has been to, to strip things back for Jake and build up you know, his strength in all the right areas so that he can get back to full power and full strength. And um, our philosophy's been if that sets him back a little bit in terms of his conditioning... Uh, for round one and the early rounds, then we'll live with that. But you know, I, I want to make sure that when he's playing for us, he's at his powerful best. And so that, that's been the philosophy with him, and uh, so far, so good. Geez, so he says if that means a lack of conditioning in the early rounds, they'd live with that. I mean, that, that doesn't fill you with confidence, does it, if you're an Essendon supporter and a fan of Jake Stringer? You've had all off-season to get yourself right. And here we are. February 8th, and is a chance to be starting the season underdone mm. with, that, with, with a lack of conditioning. Yeah, that, that underdone is because of his late start because of the not the first rodeo, Not the first rodeo either, by the way, in this space mm. for Jakey, as good as he is. That's, that's the source of frustration, I would have thought. For, Scotty for will sort him out. Will he? Yeah. Um, 
He was asked as well about the aesthetics of the game, uh, Brad Scott as well. I always played a pretty attractive brand at North Melbourne, I reckon, Brad Scott. Um, but he was asked, um, I guess, how he's going to go about it and the sort of game plan that he's going to engineer down at Essendon. Yeah, I, I have a much greater awareness of it um, because coaching almost by definition, you're, you're very, very uh, single-minded and you have a narrow focus on what your objectives are. And, and my responsibility to the Essendon Football Club is to build a world-class football program where players can achieve their potential. And, you know, if we do that, we're really confident we can, we can win some games along the way. Um, that's a coach's job. But I have a greater awareness and understanding of how important, you know, the look of the game is for the overall health of the game at all levels. Not just at AFL level and what we see on TV, but, you know, I spent, you know, more than 12 months working in community football at AFL Victoria. And... You know, there, there is a huge ecosystem um, that exists at community level with football and, and what happens at the elite level tends to flow down to those community levels but also to juniors as well. So that, the, the way the game looks is very important and it's always going to frustrate the fans in the short term um, because one thing I know working at the AFL, uh, all the fans want you to leave the game alone and don't change any rules except for the rule that they don't like. And everyone's got one. Everyone's got one rule they don't like. So, you know, the the AFL's in a no-win position there where they're custodians of the game. They've got to make sure that that the game is really compelling to everyone watching it. As Brad Scott yesterday, there's only one rule that is important to him now as coach, and that is winning. Mm. Whatever it takes, just win the game. Um, We might talk about anything with Donald Tip and Woody later as well, because he was asked about him. He said if the quarters were reduced to eight minutes, he'd be playing round one and playing every week. So he's realistic enough when it comes to Tipper. But uh, he said in all the match sim and all the practice match scenarios they've done, he's been been good, but it's just about how long can he keep that up for over the rigours of a a long AFL season. So... um, We'll have to see how that one pans out. It sounds like he's got a bit of work. One of to his other team. comments was on the captaincy. He'd prefer one and not group. Yeah, not a, he did. A, a group of captains. We'll come back to the That's captain. coming back in, I reckon, mm. uh, just the sole leader at footy club. Indeed. We might get into that after the break because uh, GWS are about to make a change in that regard as well. And uh, Freeman will have, and I'd be really surprised if Dice Nepple's captain of uh, Essendon this season. But Gary's on the road for now. I think he wanted to talk about Jake Stringer and uh, where he's at physically. G'day, Gaz. Yeah, g'day guys. Um, yeah, just regarding Essendon, you're talking about um, you know how do Essendon's fans feel with Brad Scott saying you know we're going to take it slow or it's going to take time. I think as long as the club's heading in the right direction, it sounds like they're building strong foundations. To me, that's perfect. I don't care how long it takes. We've, okay. had, we've been pretty lucky over the years, so. I don't care how long it takes as long as the club's being built for the future. All right, Gary. Uh, sounds like you've got your head screwed on there, straight as nest and support. Appreciate your call uh, this morning. I wondered, though, given they sort of... Uh, I know they played finals a couple of years ago and it's been so long since they've won a final and they've they've built and fallen a couple of times in, in the years uh, sort of prior to that. But um, obviously with a new coach coming in, I suppose all, all bets are off. But um, I want to talk to you about captaincy after the break as well um, at Fremantle. At Geelong, obviously. How many times have we spoken about captaincy over the summer? But it's just coming under roost now with clubs making their changes. Uh, we see new captains at Collingwood and North Melbourne, of course. But 
We're not done there yet. And Hawthorne also need to make a change in that regard. Uh, we might hear from Nat Fife after this break. Uh, on Summer Breakfast, uh, if you want to take part, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Liam's text in from Mernda. Same story every year for Stringer. Yeah, to think that uh, he might start the year underdone is not ideal. Uh, Adam Hartler not too far away. Steve Smith, uh, we'll hear from him. And Sophie Locke, Hawthorne also. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell with you. Just watching some of the old highlights here on uh, on Fox Cricket Scuba. Last time Australia won uh, in India, 2004. Gee, there's some greats playing the game there. Pitcher yeah. McGrath just had someone <laughs> stone motherless plum. It was the most LBW you've ever seen. And old Stevie Buckner said, no, not having that. Didn't move, did he? Didn't move. Bucks just, not out. Just looked at him as if, what? What are you appealing for? I thought Nat Fife was always likely to relinquish uh, the captaincy scoop, just given his age and the injury issues. And when you've got Andrew Brayshaw there, a natural leader, it appears it, it, it just looks like it's a win-win-win. You know, Fife can focus on being a brilliant player now uh, in the last year of that six-year contract. Um, and it now uh, opens the door for the club to appoint a new on-field leader um, since the dual Brownlow medalist took the role uh, in 2017. Now, Nat Fife told his teammates uh, yesterday that he would stand aside as captain before an upcoming player vote and uh, would not nominate for any formal leadership role at all this season at 31 years of age. He's uh, Frio's second longest serving captain behind Peter Bell. Now, we're about to play some of what he said yesterday, but just listening to him, Scoob, and I might have read this horribly wrong with Nat Fife, but it doesn't sound like it was his decision at all. It sounds like the club decided and he's had to get his head around it, which he admitted that has taken some time. But now he realises the best thing for him, best thing for the for the group. We know he played seven games last year, 15 the year before that. And last year he sat back and it would have been obvious to him, how much is this group growing under mm. Justin Longmuir and the progress they had made without him? For once it was hard to envisage any sort of life at Fremantle without him. And yet here they are growing without him. So a lot of it seemed to make sense for mine. You wouldn't think they said you're not going to be captain. I think he was, what phrasing would you use? My guess he'd be strongly encouraged. Yeah, I think, good idea. Go away and have a look. Assess where you think the group's at. Let's have a a chat about it. Because, you know, maybe a change is a a good thing for both parties. You know, I, I think you'd put it in a way that, was all encompassing that, but you know, clearly the, it's the, the club. club going forward and you coming forward with us. Listening to him yesterday, clearly the club wanted to move on from him as captain, though, and 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 that must take some getting your head around. Absolutely, the pride of performance and the pride of the man. Mm. Absolutely, but, uh, yeah, there's a sense of inevitability when you played. What was it eight two years ago and seven last year? Uh, seven last year, fifteen the year before that. Um, Thirty-one years of age. I'm so not an old man by any stretch of the imagination, but. This is Nat Fife yesterday on why he was stepping down as skipper. Last year was a challenging year for me individually, but a great year for the club, and it just started to pave the way for a potential transition. I um, was really transparent with the other leaders, Peter Bell, Justin Longmuir uh, and Garlo, in trying to get to a position where we could really swing off me stepping aside and the next captain coming through Um, and over the last couple of weeks that sort of came to a head where intuitively um, I knew and we knew that it was an exciting opportunity for the club um, for me to step aside and let someone else come through. It is happening more and more often now you know the experienced player stepping down for the young emerging leader to take the reins officially where players like Nat Fife, Scott Penderbury and the like can still advise um, unofficially and just aid that transition. So, did you, did Andy, you read that as a push? 
There was some other audio I listened to on the way in this morning that um, he said it, it had taken uh, a long time for him to get his head around, um, you know, the idea of not being captain. But that's, so, a, that's a big career thing. I, I mean, if you're going to continue playing and all your life, you know, he's dreamt of being an AFL footballer and then he's mm. captain for a, mm. quite a long, Six years, you know, a long yeah. period of time. You know, in that career, it, it does take a while to get your head around it. So, suddenly say, well, you know, that responsibility is not there anymore. I am now 31 and my body is throwing me challenges. I think there was probably a lot for him to, to take in. And I don't think it would have happened had he played nearly all the games last year and, and, and been around and been a figure. Mm. But the emergence of Brayshaw... Um, and what he's been able to do, um, and by all reports off the field, he's a magnificent leader. I mean, he's going to be perfect. Alex Pierce is there as well. So there's no shortage of candidates, I don't think, at, at Fremantle. So, um, what th- are those brayshaws? Yeah, I think it's... A- as in people. Mm. I mean, everyone just speaks so highly of them. Yeah, Andy, uh, the MVP, of course, um, has a good head on his shoulders. I'd be really surprised if Essendon said before the break, don't make a change with their captaincy. Now, I know everyone's been really careful with the language here and sort of Dyson Heppel, um, and he himself has said, I'm not wedded to the role. But he didn't have a contract uh, for a large part of last year. He was close to leaving last year. There is the the debate around his spot in the side and where he might um, where he might play in the twilight in the back end of his career. But um, for reasons we've just mentioned, I think it just makes perfect sense. Mm. You, you step aside, Merritt comes in or McGrath comes in, you aid that transition, you can still do what you do. And he's awesome bloke, Dyson Apple. Mm. But you imagine how good he'd be around the club. It, it can't not be a win. Um, so we've seen new skippers at North Melbourne, uh, at Collingwood. We've got Geelong still needing to make a decision. We've got Hawthorne needing to make a decision. Maybe Brisbane as well. I'm not sure if they're going to go to a co-captaincy model up there. Um, and obviously, is there word that they're going to go to a co-captaincy model? No, there isn't. Um, I just think there's a massive swing back to individual captains of sporting clubs now. Yeah, well, so they've got three captains, obviously, at GWS. And, and listening to Adam Kingsley, it was interesting last night, obviously, um, Cornelio, uh, Kelly and Toby Green, the three captains last year, Leon Cameron's uh, last year as coach. Uh, Adam Kingsley on Sports Day with Kane and Jared last night saying uh, they'll definitely downsize. So he, he couldn't say whether it'd be one or two but it certainly won't be three. Mm. So someone's going to be tipped out of the boat um, when it comes to the GWS captaincy as well, that Sydney have long favoured that triple captaincy model, haven't they? Uh, Andrew's in Docklands. So he wanted to have a chat about uh, the dual Brownlow medalist, one of the greats of the game in Nat Fife. G'day, Andy. G'day, mate. How are you going? Oh, well, well. Uh, yeah, just thought I'd mention that um, one of the first captains to do it, in my knowledge, has been Travis Boak. He stepped aside from the captaincy at Port Adelaide and his game went to another level after that. And I know that Travis Boke and Nat Fife are very good friends. So perhaps um, they, you know, did a consultation and mm. lent an ear and maybe that was one of the reasons that he decided to make the jump. Yeah, no, not a bad observation, Andy. May may well have been. May well have been. I, I wonder where he rates all time. David C's asking who's the greatest ever docker, Pav Fife or Mundy. It's not a bad debate, is it? Pav's hard to, Pav is hard to roll, um, and Mundy did it so oh, well for so long. Wasn't he fantastic? What a player! Um, they've had some. They've had some great he's individual. Seymour Mundy, if I remember rightly, I yes, he's I'm getting the thumbs up from. from the mayor of Seymour, and yeah. Sophie's in the house as well. We'll speak to her in a moment. Also at a Seymour, so yeah. a big Seymour representation here this morning. Wow, we. We're a good part of the world. Oh, it's not far. Victoria, not, not far. far. How far is that from I go and watch the Lions play on a Saturday during the winter in the yeah. Golden Valley League. My word, I do. Are they your local? Get a hot dog and a couple of dimmies. What's the hottie like out at the... Uh... Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Well, dimmies are okay. good. Steamed dimmies, very good well, at You steamed. don't go steamed. You go fried. No, steamed. no, no. Steamed healthy. What? Healthy? <laughs> <laughs> 
So good steam dimmy. Yeah, good steam Port, dimmy. Poor and, dog. And they'll do a, they'll do a nice um, Barbie and whatever at Seymour as well. Well, you know Sophie Locke's played out there for many a season, trained out there for many a season. Mm-hmm. If anyone's well-versed in the canteen, I'm sure she had a few canteen awards back in the day. You love the canteen award. Easily the best award in junior footy. Yeah, I think. And also Premier Cricket, the Salad Roll Award is very important. Salad Roll? Oh, yeah. Salad roll. You've got to have the best salad roll at your canteen. So you're at doing your cricket. afternoon teas all wrong out there. Salad roll. Oh, you start at 11 o'clock. you have lunch. Where's your, where's your lamingtons and your nice yeah, uh, Monte Carlos? 3.34. What on, about Scoop. lunch at 1? It's all about the tea. No, it's not about the it's tea. It's all about the tea. No, Premier, Premier Clubs are on notice. You are so about wrong. About their salad rolls. And at the moment, Ringwood is just in front. Ringwood, <laughs> Ringwood you've best, taken me to the birds. The Rams, the Ringwood Rams do the best salad roll at this stage oh. in Premier Cricket. Oh, you're a man of the land and now you're out in Ringwood. Ringwood. Well, they, they play Premier Cricket. They do. The Rams. They do. Uh that's shocking. Uh, SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, packed full of value. Loving your involvement on the Temper 40 Wings text. Get your unique bed match profile. Find the right bed for you. 40 Wings, serious about sleep. Uh, the news headlines are upon us. I mentioned Sophie Locke, Hawthorne AFLW player. was um, was a pretty emotional story last year when, uh, obviously, she made her debut for the Hawks with everything she had going on in her life. Kicked Hawthorne's first ever goal in uh, the AFLW competition. So I'm really looking forward to having a chat with Sophie on the other side of it. And a reminder, Scoob, the Toyota Caller of the Year is back. So for a tougher appearance at every angle, search Toyota Hilux Rogue today. Now, Gaz and Tim will be back next Tuesday uh, just after a short little break, uh, a little rest up. But they will be giving away a Toyota at the end of the year. So the Caller of the Year back uh, with a vengeance this year. Are we going to play any of that um, audio of Sammy from yesterday with his golf? It'd be a big piece of audio, wouldn't it? Yeah. We're not pushed for... We got. I thought he might fill in for Casper because Casper wasn't game to come on and debate me on the radio. We'll take this to the Brains Trust, but news headlines are upon us. We'll be back after that. No, I am an idiot. Desperately unlucky with Sophie Locke not to get a free kick. In fact, she has. She makes no mistake, and that is a beautiful moment. She points to the sky. Every one of her teammates gets to her. I, I almost had premonitions about her kicking the first goal. Just knew she was so hungry for that. For that for that first goal for her mum, and yet yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, it's very emotional. Yeah, fantastic, really fantastic. Uh, that's the voice of Stu Locke, and uh, pretty emotional there, as you can understand, because his daughter uh, did a magnificent thing last AFLW season, uh, made her debut for Hawthorne, kicked Hawthorne's first ever goal in the competition, and. Uh, oh, hard to believe, just a fortnight or so after losing her mum Sarah to cancer. Um, Sarah, it's a great pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you for having me. Sophie, sorry, Sophie. <laughs> Welcome. Too many names. And I, to be honest, during the ad break, I was a bit distracted because we were talking chicken steaks as well. Now, <laughs> it's not the hot dog and it's not the steamed dim sim. It's the chicken steak. Yeah, on the barbie. Fantastic out there at Seymour. Yeah, well, Sophie's a, a Seymour girl. Went to Assumption College. Another Assumption. Oh, yeah, my word. We, we, we infiltrate everywhere, Assumption. Bring them well there. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, so she knows Seymour very well. And we were talking pre the last break about the Seymour Footy Club and love to go there on a Saturday and watch them play. And the Barbie was good and the Steam Dimmies are good and the, and the dog's generally good, the hot dog. Okay. Well, Sophie, so obviously with your mum, Sarah, you, you've signed on, you've joined BCNA as an ambassador for 2023. So you're passionate about sharing, you know, your story, but not just your story, but um, your mum's story and raising awareness, of course. And you're doing the Carmen's Fun Run, which you've signed up for. Yes, so uh, 
uh, Saturday, next Saturday, sorry, Saturday 19th of, Sunday 19th of Feb. Elstonwick Park. Elstonwick Park down yeah. Brighton. Nice area. Um, doing, doing the fun run, doing the 5k. Dad's, you know, out doing me and doing the 10k. Um, <laughs> and signed up, uh, with family and friends and my Hawks teammates as well. That's fantastic. It's a day for the whole family. And so even if you aren't running, um, there's a Carmen's Carnival, of course, rides, live entertainment, activities and food. So people can get involved, even if they're not keen on putting the runners on a course and, and slogging it out for five or 10 Ks like your old man is. Well, there's yeah. a half marathon as well. There's that too. I think that was a bit pushing it. Oh, okay. So take us through your season. I mean, it was massive for your family. It was massive for you individually. Uh, what was it like playing your first game at, at the level? Um, it was absolutely surreal. It was, um, a very, very long day. Cause it was like around seven o'clock. So I had nearly like the whole day to think about it, try to distract myself when I watched my sister's netball game for Seymour, yeah. <laughs> um, and then headed down. But yeah, we're just sitting in the car and dad are like, like, you know, anything can happen. And I'm just like, if I get one kick, I'm happy. Um, and it just happened that the first kick was a goal, but yeah, uh, it amazing. Was, yeah, it was awesome. And Stu was at the other end watching. He wasn't sure if he got the free kick or not, but obviously, as we heard, he was he was thrilled. Yeah, it was up up down the completely opposite end. I had to watch it up on the screen, and I didn't think I was going to get the get the kick as well. And when the ump caught it, I could just see like my whole Seymour Football Netball Club were all behind the goals down that end. And you How just good. see them jumping up, like you can see in the replay of the video. They're all standing up as soon as the ump called it. So yeah, it was. Quite awesome. That's a pretty special moment, isn't it? And I think the video went, the clubs do it so well now, Scoop, mm. don't they? And that behind the scenes stuff, the video with Beck saying that you're going to make your debut, man, that's pretty special stuff. Yeah, no, the media team were pretty awesome and they, they did, wanted to make sure that I was, you know, okay with it all being shared because it is such a, I guess it was a pretty sensitive moment, but um, it's just showing the story I've been through and the emotions that you go through with football and um, just show that you're human, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone, look, unless you've been in that position, it's hard to know how you, you're going to react. I mean, it was so soon after. I mean, did you, was there any reticence at all to play? I mean, were you always happy to make yourself available to play? I mean, what was your thinking at the time? Um, the, the weeks leading up to it was very, um, I guess I was a bit on edge and mum was always like, you know, I had a packing match coming up and mum was just like, it's okay. Like, just, you know, go and play. She was always like, go and do it, go to training, go to the footy camp. And I was always like hesitant to stay home. And um, I just knew it's her club. She was the original Hawthorne supporter and she's the reason we went for Hawthorne growing up. And um, I actually went to training uh, captain's run the day after mum passed. And um, the club, um, Jack Gunston from the men's team, are just like, we want to wear armbands for your mum. And I just thought that is so surreal that wow. the team she supported are going to be basically supporting her. So, yeah, I was kind of – I knew I had the support around me to play the game and play for the club. So that's a second thought. And I guess anyone who ever gets to the level that you've got to, the highest level you can get to, you, you don't do it on your own. Like you do it with your mum, your dad or your family or your siblings or your friends that get around you. So what role did your mum play um, in, in getting you here? She is my, she's my rock. Um, she's always helped me, especially my mental game. Dad was always my fitness and mum was always my mentality. Um, and when I'd have like late night trainings, getting home around like 10.30, she'd be the one on the phone talking to me on the way home, getting me through the nights and the training sessions because she knew I was, that was the reason I was staying at home because I wanted to be around her as much as possible. Um, but yeah, she was definitely my, my support, head of support crew loudest supporter in the crowd, like my teammates, when someone kicked a goal, she's like, I heard your mum. And I'm like, everyone did. <laughs> and a human taxi as well, I imagine, uh, during those early days. Absolutely, yes. 
especially when we had like uh, early trainings when I was playing like Murray Bush Rangers and you had to drive all the way up to Wangaratta. Mum and Dad were alternating <laughs> carpooling, but yeah, definitely got my hours up pretty quickly. Jeez. Big K's out there on your part of the Actually, that is the good part when the kids are learning to get their licence and when you're driving up and back, the 120 hours, suddenly you look at the log and think, oh wow, they're already there. Yeah, I got my night hours up pretty quickly. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, what what What's the toughest part of that? So, and, and, and how did you, you you all cope with it? Because, I mean, it's a lot of time to sit in the car and, and think and worry. Did, were you a thinker or a worrier? Did you play music on the way down to your, your games and whatever? How did, how did you relax the mind while you're travelling down the car? Uh, blasted the tunes. I think a lot of people have passed me singing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, everyone's like, you know, do you listen to podcasts and that sort of thing? And I always just blast music, play all different playlists, so I'm not listening to the same thing over and over again. And then... If I ever needed someone to talk to, my mum was always, you know, the one who would talk to me for hours and get me through a car trip. Her and her, my auntie were just they're very good at talking. It's different than travelling with your team on a bus. You know, you, you've then got things in common. Suddenly you're sitting there, it's a bit isolating in the, in the country and you're coming down and you're, you're thinking of what may or may not happen in a couple of hours' time and it can be stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, leading up to um, our training, second training session before round one, and we haven't been told who's in the team yet. And my dad just said, look, I'm driving you down because if you don't get picked, I'm not letting you drive home by yourself. And if you do get picked, well, similar situation. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why he was down. And my sister came along as well. So that's why they're all there when I first found out I was debuting. And where did the taste for footy come from, the hunger mm. and the love for footy? Um, I've always grown up around footy. I've you know, grown up around the Seymour Football Netball Club. Dad was president a couple of years ago. Um, always loved the game. But I'd always played like netball, tennis, swimming, everything but football because there wasn't really a women's team unless you played with the junior boys. Um, and I've always, you know, kicked with the boys at halftime and that sort of thing. And that's where I got, I guess, noticed. Um, and Euroa, our rifle club, started up a, a women's team and dad tried to get me to sign up. But mum's like, no, I don't want to get injured. Our netball team's struggling. And at the end of the season, one of the scouts was like, no, you've got to get your daughter to play. So I played two games for them. Two games for um, the VLAN Cup, and then next minute I'm in the Bush Rangers squad. Was there a, a program at school at Assumption for, for, for the girls to play footy? Um, not until I was year 11, they started up a women's team, and I, I went to play one game when I was in year 12, but the weekend before I played, um, I had a hairline fracture in my femur. So oh, I missed out on playing a game for the school, and I only played, uh, we started up a women's Seymour uh, team as well with Dad and some friends, from some of the girls from Seymour. And I only played one game for them as well because that was the game that I did right. it. <laughs> so if you said you got spotted at half-time having a kick with the boys, is that right? Yeah. Is that how you were identified? Yeah, I was one of the wow. local scouts who knew Dad and he's like, your daughter can kick a footy. And Dad's like, you don't need to convince me, you need to convince my wife. Right. <laughs> okay. And look, I think what you're doing says everything about you because you've been through Obviously, the understatement is a, is a traumatic experience, and I guess most people's understandable reaction would be to just distance themselves completely from everything about it. So, for you to be an ambassador for Breast Cancer Network Australia, I mean, that's I imagine it's been a learning curve for you as well. Absolutely, it was actually originally my father's idea, and he contacted the network, and the girls reached out, and I just thought this is what I need to do. Um, this is what I need to be a part of, and I love everything that they do in supporting families and their supporting network as well, and. Um, I know travelling with mum when she was first diagnosed and going down to her chemo sessions and radiation and even I think BCNA also hosted a um, like a, a makeup session for women who were going through chemo and losing everything and went down with mum. It's just the support that they 
provide for these women is amazing. Yeah, 25th year of that organisation mm. as well. They just do a obviously magnificent job, don't they? So you you commuted from Seymour last season. Now your dad's still there. So I imagine, look, for all the reasons we've just mentioned, you, you'd probably be reluctant to leave Seymour. You might as well stay there. Oh, I am very tempted. I am trying at the moment to, it's a bit impossible at the moment to find rent in Melbourne, but I am looking to move to Melbourne this year just to make it a bit easier on the footy season and got the VFL season coming up as well to play and train a couple of weeks with those girls as well. So I'm trying to get down here. It's just, it's a little bit impossible at the moment. So just explain that to me. You've got the VFL season um, first. Yeah. And then... Has the AFL season been confirmed yet? When no, it's starting yet. and finishing? I th- the, the word is it's around August again. Right. Um, but I yeah, think so same we'll play, time. Yeah, yeah so yeah. play a couple of games with the VFL girls, break pre season, AFLW season. And what side are you with the VFL? Uh, Box Hill Hawks. Box Hill Hawks. Yeah. Sophie, so good to see you. Well done on what you're doing. Well done on a magnificent first Fantastic. season. And, and I'm sure many more still to come with Hawthorne's AFLW team. We wish you the best of luck for the VFL and obviously AFLW after that. And hope you get through that 5K Carmen's fun run okay on that Sunday the 19th. I hope I do too. Thank you guys for having <laughs> me. My new favourite team. Hawthorne. Yep. AFLW. AFLW. Why not? And my new favourite uh, meal choice is that chicken steak as well. I'm going to have to get up there <laughs> yeah, for well, one of those. You could cycle up one day. Oh, easily. Ride the bike oh, up. Good riding up there around yeah. Seymour. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, great to have a chat to Your Sophie. Lock. Yeah, always my shout, I reckon, <laughs> around here. Uh, back after this. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. I uh, must apologise. Actually got ourselves a bit out of whack uh, with the ad breaks, uh, but I was enjoying that chat with Sophie so much, as I'm sure you were too, Scoob. We, we kept our overtime a little bit. So uh, we've just got a couple of minutes here and we'll, we'll clear another break before we uh, we get into our uh, third That's ridiculous final. time management on my behalf. Well, it was. Is that one of those ones where we're going to a break and then we're going to come back and have another yeah. break? <laughs> and after that, <laughs> another break. Uh, although we might have been given uh, by Luke and Achuka a good ramble topic for the tomorrow morning. So Lucas texting, uh, morning boys, have to agree with Scoob about the chicken steaks at Seymour. They're very good, as are the Marupna ones. But Yaroa have the best hot dogs in the uh, GV League by an absolute mile. So tomorrow morning, let's just throw it right on out there. Mm. Best feed at a country footy yep. club. Yep, that'll do. Not just in I our like state, it. in any state. Yep. Where have you been where you've just been completely and utterly blown away by the local delicacy while watching uh, the sharing get kicked around? Really important. Really important. The canteen at a footy club is massively important for, for the perception of where the footy club's at. Or what sort of functions do the local club do that go above and beyond? Do they have a good president's lunch? Do they do they have functions? Do they have raffles? What's the best raffle you've seen at a at a footy club as well? Not just your sort of humble meat tray or your chook, but uh, maybe some big time ones out there, some comical ones as well. What sort of let's on the eve of a new season? Yeah, the good old days. They used to put all the prizes in the wheelbarrow at Denny, and they'd be walking around inside the boundary line <laughs> yes. or outside the boundary line, inside the fence, yeah. selling the raffle tickets. So there'd be two blokes selling the raffle tickets, and the prizes were in the wheelbarrow, and people would be getting out of the cars. They get out of the car and go to the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jono, yeah, give us five bucks worth. You know, it's fantastic. Lovely Some message. Of the earth stuff. 
Lovely message here from uh, Bernie on the Tempe, the uh, Tempe 40 Wings text, 0433981116. Bernie's dropped us a line to say, uh, it was great to hear from Sophie Locke. What a journey. I first met her when she was about four years old and her dad was president of Seymour Footy Club and I was playing and coaching there. The whole family invested in the club. You wouldn't meet a closer family. The Locks were the first people to really embrace us, my wife and I, at the footy club when we arrived. They even looked after our three-year-old daughter so I could take training and my wife could work. So good on you, Bernie. Thanks for taking the time to send that text in. Uh, fantastic. She was lovely young lady. Yep, so indeed. Lovely young lady. We and wish her well. Gee, she's been through a lot and yeah. holds herself so well. Yeah, what a mature so young well. girl. Yeah, magnificent. Um, she'll be followed by Adam Hartlett. He's going to join us from West Adelaide shortly after Oscar Steen was taken uh, off his books and uh, and put on the list at Collingwood there, the final spot there for the Magpies taken by Oscar Steen. And we'll hear a bit of Steve Smith, who sat down over there in India with SEN's very own Bharat Sundaraisen. What are we now? Just one day out from the start of this uh, four-test series between Australia and India. You can get involved on the Temper 40 Wings text. A unique bed match profile. They have the right bed for you. 40 Wings serious about sleep. Uh, we've had a break, but uh, we've got to take another break, and then we'll be back, I promise, after this. <laughs> a break, and when we come back, another break. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Uh, summer Breakfast, Sam Edmonds, Solomon O'Donnell. Uh, Andy's texting. Serrano Sharks do a spectacular lobster <laughs> slider with rosemary and truffle oil fries, only 120 bucks to serve. Andy, I will not hear a bad word about the mighty Sorrento Football Club. In fact, I bumped into the president, Dave Casper, just next door to us here the other day. I'm going to have to get to the past players day this year. It always falls on a, on a work day, but I'm going I'm to make it happen this year. And I get myself one of those. What do you mean it always falls on a work day? Well, it always falls on a Saturday when I've got um, crunch time. So I'm just going to have to have a chat to Brooksy at the back. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be understanding. One of the best producers in the business is BT. We could do it by a satellite. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but I'm going to have to get one of those uh, lobster sliders. But uh, all these texts coming through, some amazing ones. Um, Talangata um, might have had Mel Gibson at a trivia night a few years ago. So has got uh, a bit of Sorrento Sharks about it. Noosa uh-huh. Tigers President's Lunch. Guest speakers, I feel at stake. Great Northern, oh. super crisp, all at a temperature of 21 degrees. Happily watch a bit of footy up there. Oh. That beats uh, Myrtleford in the winter. That's sort of, a, it's a bit showy, that ground there during the summer, you know. Over, I don't think I've ever Christmas. been. Yeah, no, their footy ground, good footy ground, but all the AFL players that are up there, oh, you know, yeah. they do their training there. You know, tops off. They get tops off. Yeah, Sorrento's like that too, I noticed over the summer break. So we'll do that tomorrow. That's a good ramble topic to rip into. I want the best local delicacy at, uh, at your footy club um, over the course of winter. I've just seen a photo of the pitch in Nagpur. You know, we were talking about it earlier that uh, Steve Smith identified that patch out in front of, of the left-handers. Uh, You've got to have a look at this. The, 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 the wicket has plaguey. been watered and rolled. And there's one area left completely bone dry. And that's if you're a left-hander, just outside in the hot spot. A patch. It's the opposite of a wet patch. It's a dry patch. Unbelievable. Eyebrows raised, Scoop. And I'm going to get to you on this with questions that I noticed with uh, what's Chappelle on about Ian Chappell when it comes to the curators over there. I'm going to ask you that. Adam Hartlett, After the News, West Adelaide. Summer Breakfast. Well, there were some great scenes at Collingwood yesterday, weren't there? With young ruckman Oscar Steen awarded the final list spot to much fanfare among the Pies players. Great for Oscar, great for Collingwood. But where does it leave his old club, West Adelaide, on the eve of a new Sandful season? Uh, Adam Hartlett is stepping in for his first season as senior coach of the Bloods, and he joins us on the line. G'day, Adam. Thanks a lot for your time. 
Uh, g'day, gents. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Now, I think you'd been training there, what do you reckon, since November. So yep. was the riding on the wall with this or were you uh, pleasantly surprised yesterday? Uh, no, we weren't surprised at all, mate. I think there was a couple of other clubs uh, sniffing around Oscar as well if he didn't land at the pies. So, uh, you know, we've, we've started our preparations for the season ahead um, with not having him available. So uh, we're so stoked for him. He um, he sort of burst on the scene a little bit towards the back end of last season mm. um, at the SANFL uh, level. And, um, you know, he was really, really impressive um, playing that number one ruck role for our senior side. And, um, you know, went back to reserves grade for their finals campaign as well and, and was sensational there too. Okay, so if we cut to the chase, because this is a has been a topic of conversation as, as more windows, I guess, open up to players being recruited to the top level is where does it leave the, the so-called second-tier clubs when some of them mm. are taken at no notice or short notice and in your case, a couple of weeks out from the start of your season. But clearly yeah. you've had advance warning, you're prepared for it and no issue. Yeah, yeah, no issue from us. Like we wish all our players nothing but the best. Um, you know, in their their goal, I suppose to to reach that next level of mm. footy, and and we've got to do our due diligence as well and prepare uh, for scenarios like this. And and we've done that. You know, we 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 just recently signed a fella from Tasmania who, you know, come across and compete for that number one ruck role for us at senior level. Oscar. Um... Oh, sorry, Adam. Tell us about Oscar. You've had experience yourself in the, in the AFL. Where's he sit? What what mm. what can we expect from him? Yeah, he's a he's a funny one. I, 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 as I said, he he was really really impressive when he he uh, he played for our senior side at Westies towards the back end of last season. Um, you know, I, I certainly think with another six to twelve months um, of education and building his body up, that he'll. He can play some AFL footy towards the back end of, of this coming season. Um, I've got no doubt about that. His his ruck craft is really impressive. He, he's a smart kid. He, he loves to compete, and he's really, really good in the air. He takes some big marks around the ground for us. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. When, when you see him train, he, he sort of just floats a little bit, and then and then once once you're competing and, and he's in match sim and, he, and he's versus an oppo, he's just got that desire to compete. And he's really aggressive and, yeah, he's really impressive to watch. So, you know, I think the Pies have got a good one. So how quickly has he come over now, Adam? Has he already arrived here yeah, and now training. stays yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's been based. Well, we haven't seen him at all uh, barring the first week of um, of preseason for us in November. So we had, um, you know, Oscar training with us, Harry Barnett, who went to West Coast. Uh, Tom Scully went to Port and uh, Harry Lemmy that went to, to Carlton all trained with us for the first week. And since then, Oscar's been off, um, you know, training with Collingwood. So, um, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen too much of him, mate. But I flicked in the text, obviously, the other day once we got the news. And, uh, you know, the, the sort of kid he is, he got back to me straight away and um, just re- was really appreciative of all the, you know, time and effort the club had put into him and helping get to this, this next level of footy now. So, Adam, uh, the Collingwood supporters listening this morning, I suppose, I mean, obviously, Brodie Grundy departs the high-profile trade mm. to uh, to Melbourne. And they've got Darcy Cameron there, Mason Cox and another sort of a young fella in Aiden Begg. So uh, for those listening this morning, I mean, in your assessment, would he be ready to step into AFL now should that situation arise? Or is he more of a exciting and encouraging, but more of a, a long-term project? Yeah, I, I certainly think he could have an impact this season. I, I just feel uh, he probably needs another six months in the gym to build uh, mm. that, the body up a little bit and just work on his uh, rut craft a little bit more. But I, I, honestly, I could think, 
I think he could um, step in and play a role for the Pies towards the back end of the season for sure. Absolutely. It seems the higher level he plays, um, the better player he becomes. He was playing uh, Div 1 reserve footy at the start of the season last year and has just worked his way through the grades and was really impactful at senior level in the SNFL towards the back end of the season. It was an incredible journey to, to be a part of. That's quite a rise. Yeah. Quite a rise. You know, reserves yeah. footy, uh, you know, not, not that long ago to be now on an AFL list. Yeah, uh, exactly right. We, we had a, a couple of senior ruckmen on our list at West Adelaide, and I know his local club, Goodwood Saints, um, had a senior ruckman in their A-grade side as well. So he was... He was playing B-grade footy at uh, amateur level at the start of last season. And, um, yeah, every opportunity he got at a higher grade, he just, you know, took that next step. And it was really, really impressive. What about uh, some of the other younger kids come the uh, the end of the season, Adam, who who might be in the mix, you know, as potential draftees that we, that we might be able to keep an eye on? At the risk of, of putting you on the spot, have, have you got any sort of next-generation talent there you'd be happy to reel off? Uh, at West Adelaide? Yeah. yeah. So, um Kobe Ryan's the first one that, that springs to mind. He was sort of touted as a, you know, top ten to twenty pick uh, for last season's draft, and um, he didn't he didn't go at all. And um, oh, it's it's a blessing for me because he's just a quality young lad, and um, he's really driven to take that next step. And there's a few things he's got to work on, and um, so he, he he's the one that really sticks out in my mind. Um, Oscar Krieger uh, was another lad that. Um, could possibly have gone late in the in the draft. Who, who didn't? He's a ripping size. He's a 194 centimeter winger, um, and he's got again a couple of things he needs to work on. But you know, in terms of athleticism and and knowing the game, they've got it. Um, there's just a, you know a couple of areas in terms of ball use and a bit of contest stuff that they've got to get better at, and hopefully that gives them the chance to you know to go to that next level. Is your younger brother having a run around again, or what? Have you enticed him back? <laughs> He's uh, he's signed at Port, mate. He's uh, he's he's there as a development coach. So, so unfortunately, his uh, his playing days at West Adelaide are done. He uh, he came in for one year, won our best and fairest, and I got the job, and he, he walked out the door. So I don't know what that says about. <laughs> I wondered if you could get him for a sprinkling for a sprinkling uh, of games. It'd be nice, mate. But uh, I think if he plays at all, it'll be for the for the Magpies. So yeah, yeah, we'll see how that unfolds. I might have to send a heavy tag to him if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. We'll, we'll follow that one with interest, uh, with you too, mate. And you, you've got yourselves a skipper, obviously the former Hawk, um, and a name a few people will know listening this morning. Caden Brand's going to lead the side on field this year. Yeah, yeah he was a, a standout candidate for that role for us. He's been so impressive um, for us since returning. Uh, from his 10-year stint in the AFL system. So, uh, yeah, just a big, vocal, passionate West Adelaide man. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to Caden uh, leading the squad throughout the season. Oh, well, good on you, mate. It's great to have you on. And, um, look, I guess you take it as a compliment when your club gets um, raided to a degree, as it yeah. has done during the off-season. <laughs> so, uh, great to hear you wishing Oscar all the best. And as we do for you for the upcoming Sandville season, mate, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Jens. Thanks for having me on. Good on Adam. Adam Hartlett there, West Adelaide coach, in for his first season uh, in charge. Still just, um, I sit up straight every time I hear it. 194 centimetre winger. It just, yep. you're like, that height. Everything's changed. Being that athletic, yeah. that quick, a winger. Mm. That's all of you in the... Uh, 
193 something. Yeah. I think I'm 191 now. I've been beaten down that much. Uh, recent times, not going to India. Neil in Sandoz texting, uh, first time, long time. Just got in the car and wondered whether you've talked about the Indians doctoring the pitch against left-handers. Well, we just did touch on it, Neil, but uh, a photo has emerged, which I've just seen. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. I wouldn't mind uh, dipping our toe back into that uh, topic conversation right after we get to Toddy this. Murphy would be loving looking at that. Summer Breakfast. Just after a text earlier about that uh, rogue hot air balloon at uh, Caulfield Park um, flying towards us, Scoob, it can't be the same one because it's too far away, but uh, just canvassing Twitter, thought I'd see if we'd had any touchdowns, and lo and behold, uh, a landing at Coburg's Harmony Park, in fact, in the skate park there, just landed on the bowl. Right. Okay. <laughs> Joan Robinson off Twitter, just having a look there, uh, the hot air balloon just... Uh, mm. Just a couple of keen skaters on board. <laughs> wanted to just jump off and have a quick... I wanted to hit the half pipe. Yeah. yeah. Just scraping along the concrete there, if you don't mind. Uh, wow. one, one every couple of days we are on our Another own, one. I reckon. Hey, um, Barat's under racing. We mentioned this earlier. Be part of our SEN's coverage tomorrow. Uh, ball by ball coverage too, by the way. Right throughout Australia's four-test tour of India that's so highly anticipated. He sat down with the former captain, Steve Smith, to have a bit of a chat. And um, we'll take a piece of that. Stephen Smith, thanks for speaking to us. Uh, two days out from uh, the first test, uh, India-Australia, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of expectation. Just the training and how are you looking forward to it? Yeah, excited. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's rolled around uh, nice and quick now. It's, uh, it's time to get out and play. Uh, we've had a good preparation the last week or so here in, in India. The guys have, have done really well um, and it's, uh, it's game time now, so it's, uh, it's exciting. Uh, and just look, there's a lot of talk about a spin and how we play against spin. You've had your own approach and you've worked around it over the years. Uh, you've made many trips to India before you've had success here. So where is your batting against spin now? No, I feel like I'm in a good place. Um, no, I feel like I'm batting nicely. So uh, all the work in the last week, getting used to the conditions again has, has been really good. Now it's just about implementing those plans nicely out in the middle and, yeah, fingers crossed it all pays off. And, and of course, there'll be all eyes on your battle with, with Ashwin and Jadeja, two guys you've played a lot against over the years. Uh, all three of you are at a stage in your career you all can't see at all. So just about that, and look forward to it. Yeah, no, I always love coming up against uh, quality performers like those two. Um, you know, they're, they're world-class, particularly in these conditions. So uh, it's going to be a good battle. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and just in terms of like the batting around you, I mean, you've been part of different batting lineups over the years on India Tour. Um, where do you see this one, a bunch of them who haven't played any test cricket at all in India? No, I think... Um, the, I think they can take a lot of confidence um, out of the way we've played the last year or so uh, in Pakistan and Sri Lanka. Um, the methods that guys have been able to adopt um, have been really good. So uh, the practice has been good the last week. Guys have been working on their plans and how they want to go about it. So now it's just implementing it in the middle when you're under pressure. And that's if we do that well, uh, hopefully it goes a long way to winning. Is, is it a good thing that there's a nice mix of uh, batters who play spin differently, like up and down the order? I think so, yeah. Um, got a few guys that sweep really nicely, guys that use their feet, get deep in their crease, defend well. Um, it's a good mix, so yeah, hopefully it's a little bit unsettling for the bowlers. That's the, that's the key, I suppose, and um, we're able to put pressure on them in different ways. And just in terms of the, the spin bowling, I mean, there's Nathan Lyon, and then three relatively inexperienced bowlers at, at this level in, in test cricket. Uh, just how do you see them backing up? Uh, well, I'm sure everyone will be fine. Um, uh, we've, we've worked really hard the last week. Guys have been able to get used to the conditions and 
yeah, uh, find find what works for them. So, um, no, it should be a, a good challenge between bat and ball. And look, it's India versus Australia, uh, so there'll always be Steve Smith and Virat Kohli and those things come up. How do you look at those comparisons, if you can call them that, uh, leading into a series, apart from just focusing on your own batting? Yeah, no, I don't look at them. Uh, <laughs> I just focus on what I can control, and that's uh, yeah, implementing my plans and hopefully having some success out in the middle to, to help us score a good total. And, and just finally, look, uh, for a lot of guys in this team, this is potentially the last test tour to India, uh, just based on where they are, the stage is mm-hmm. That hunger to, to win, like you want that feather in your cap, like a series win in India. How much of a driving factor do you think that is as a team for you guys to do No, of course. Um, and, uh, not just the guys that are potentially on their last tour. I think everyone here is here for a reason to, to try and have a successful tour. Um, winning here would be a yeah, huge feather in our cap, as you said. Um, it's a, it's a big one for us. So uh, now the guys are excited and ready to get into it. Beautiful. Thanks. Go well, Steve. Thank you. Steve Smith there sitting down with uh, Barat Sunder Race, and that was yesterday. And uh, the time for talking just about done, but great to hear Steve Smith's thoughts on that. The SEN coverage starts at 2.30. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time Thursday, tomorrow, right across the network. So it's Adam Collins, uh, that man Barat Sunder Race, and Ravi Shastri, Peter Lawler, and Michael Kasprowitz uh, behind the microphone. Waitley and uh, Jared Waitley, that is, and Harsha Bogle uh, for the second test as well. Now, it was actually Barat Scoob who tweeted his observations of the wicket um, overnight. In fact, late last night. He said, interesting treatment of the pitch in Nagpur, and he's attached the photos to it. The ground staff watered the entire centre of the surface and only the length areas outside the left-handers leg stump and then rolled only the centre stopping short every time they got to the good length areas at both ends outside the off stump for the left hander um very the photos are amazing um whiskers in churchill boys can we talk about the goat track the indians are serving up for the first test surely it's cheating what say you simon i've shown you the photos oh, same for both teams that's it i don't like it it'll be the same you know uh, They'll say it's you know, same length as a normal pitch and same for both sides. That's what I'll say. I, I don't. That's a diplomatic way. Yeah, I don't subscribe to what they're going to be or what they do with their pitches over there. I don't think it's right. Andy's text in. They may have doctored the pitch. However, both sides have to play on it. So it could easily backfire on the Indians. Our spin attack is world class. Um Ian Chappell, um, maybe I've been misled this entire time because I thought this was par for the course, particularly in this part of the world, that the curators prepare the pitch to suit the home side. I thought that was the essence of home ground advantage. I mean, so Ian Chappell said it's incumbent on curators to produce the best pitch possible and to not pander to the wants and needs of the local team. And and Chappelle said no one other than the curator should have any say in what wickets are produced. You've just got to produce the best wicket and a wicket that... that, that, um your or, or the pitches that you become renowned for, you know, like the Gabbers generally plays on day one um, a little bit slower, but will seem around a bit early doors, and then it gets quicker over the next couple of days, and then start to get some uneven bounce and some you know plates moving and whatever in day four and five. I mean, it's done that ever since I can remember. Uh, you know, Melbourne had its challenges at times, but I, I think it's 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 bringing up the best test quality wicket you possibly can. And too often we don't see the best quality pitches in India because they're either let, left too dry um, uh, and you know they favour one 
part of test match cricket, which is, is, is spin bowling and slow bowling. So can I strip it right back? We've got questions of that notice coming up after the 8.30 headlines, but an early one for you. Why can't they? Why can't curators prepare the pitch to suit the, the home? Why is that frowned upon? Well, your home ground, I, I think your advantage is played in your own country. Uh-huh. And, you're and the used conditions to playing, that come with that? You're used to playing. But, but if, if in the four-day game between Bangalore and Hyderabad, um, Hyderabad had knocked over for 63 and, you know, that's happened 10 years in a row. And suddenly now, by, and it's by the pace bowlers who've taken all 10 wickets. And then suddenly the next test that's played at Hyderabad, or the, the first test that you played at Hyderabad, they opened the bowling with um, Nathan Lyon and Todd Murphy. Well, that's, in my opinion, that's not playing to the characteristics of that pitch. And I think that's the important part. There's the characteristics of that pitch. So if that's low and slow every time you play there, you've got no problem. Mm. Absolutely zero problem. But just just preparing it for the side that's touring to try and play to your strengths, I don't think is right. right. And not only that, but so specific here. So it's obviously Australia with... Kawaja, Warner, Head, uh, Renshaw might play. Carey's there. They're left-hand dominant. And those patches that are left outside the off stuff are, are a sight to behold. It's quite amazing, quite specific. And if that's the case, and this is where the politics comes into cricket, you know, the ICC should step in and do something about it if they think this is not right. And if they think those, those pitches are not right, there, there'll be a, an ICC referee at the game, and the ICC will be watching this, as they always do, all, all these big test series. Has that they, they should before? step in and do something about it. But it's so many, you know, when it comes to India, it's just sort of, uh, yeah, you know, we have all these discussions, but nothing seems to happen. Mm. And, and so if, if they really think there's a case here of pitchers not playing to, their, uh, norm, to the normal standard you would want for test cricket and to the normal characteristics of that ground, the ICC need to do something. Steve Smith said that the cracks felt quite loose and according to people who were watching, um, those cracks outside the uh, the left-handers off stump didn't get any water while most of the rest of the pitch did. And um, I'm not sure if it was bar out, but just following some of the tweets about the wicket in Australia training there for the first time yesterday, uh, David Warner was seen um, right down on his hands and knees on that part of the pitch, just observing that area, what will be outside his off stump as he obviously prepares to face, you know, potentially hour after hour from Ashwin and Jadeja and uh, who knows whoever else in you're going to roll out as their spin options as well. So um, it's going to be, they weren't quite sure what to make of it, Australia. And maybe Steve Smith's chosen his words pretty diplomatically there in the press conference yesterday. Yeah, well, he has to. We don't. All right, we'll take a break for the news headlines. I'd love your feedback on this. If you haven't seen it, uh, just jump online and have a look at the wicket. I'd uh, love your feedback. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Should, question of that notice, should the curators be able to do, you know, um, no restrictions. Just prepare the wicket to, to suit the home side. Or uh, do you agree with Simon O'Donnell? Uh, the Temper 40 Wings text is 0433981116. Uh, the Consumer's Choice winner, Temper Mattresses, Pillows and Adjustable Bases, conforming to the exact shape of your body. If you've got a question of that notice, just drop us a text. We'll get to it after this. Questions without notice. For WD40, register online for the Repair Challenge 2023 for a share in over 15 grand in prizes. Oh, Benny's not mucking around here, question of that notice. He just says, let's just call it as it is. India are cheats, pure and simple. Benny, I don't think we can quite, quite say that, can we? Uh, Ash has texted, if the ICC were fair dinkum, 
um, as they rotate international umpires. It stands to reason that they should work towards having impartial and international ground staff as well. And if we made the pitches we wanted, they would be so fast and so bouncy. Other teams would say they are dangerous. Um, that's where some of the early feedback off uh, off the text. But uh, other texts are saying it happens all over the world, including here. Does does it? I don't think it happens in England. You don't? No, the, the pitches play to their characteristics. You know, Headingley's always had a bit in it. Lords flattens out after doing a bit early. Um, Manchester similar. I mean, that, that, so I, I don't I don't see any issue in England. Um, yeah, Pakistan, the, the recent tour there, the, the two or three test tour um, we had there recent times, you know, they were low and slow, uh, but they're, they're just getting back into international cricket. So you, 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 you might expect some uh, different characteristics in pitches, the early doors. But you know, when you play at test venues, these venues have been around generally for a long, long time. Occasionally you'll get a new one come mm. on the scene and you've got to wait and see what, what characteristics that pitch has. But when, when they are 100% different to what they usually play, you know, surely you say, well, look, guys, you know, enough's enough. Lani's on the Gold Coast. He's given us both a clip here, uh, he or she, Lani. I love your work, Sammy. You're a top operator, but stop butting in on Scoob. It's a little annoying. He's older and he takes time to wind up. <laughs> Sorry if I was. I wasn't aware that I was, but if I was, I apologise. He's buttering her. Uh, sorry, Lani, for that. Uh, off the text from Tim in Mansfield. Pfft, ICC won't do anything about doctored pitches in India. That's where all the dough is. They're about as ruthless as our petrol watchdog. Toothless, says Tim in Mansfield. I don't um, see many of these low slowies when they're playing the IPL, do you? That's a very good point, mate. No, you do not. Uh, J-Dog, surely the pitch needs to be prepared in a uniform manner. Any other approach is doctoring the pitch, i.e. cheating. Cam in Churnside Park. Question of that notice. Here we go. One for you. With Kyrie Irving getting traded mid-season, as he uh, has done from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, should the AFL now have a mid-season trade period? Uh, and Cam's uh, thrown in a PS. Would love to go to Oki. Unfortunately, they don't have an Oki prize today, Cam. Uh, don't mind the odd solicitation for prizes, but I don't have one to give you. But I love your question. And the answer is an absolute raging yes. I'd love a mid-season trade period. I love any trade period, mm. Scoob. And mid-season would be magnificent. Imagine the sort of opportunities that would throw up. Are we into questions without notice? We had the intro yet? Oh, yeah, we have had the intro. Have we? Oh, good to hear you're on board. Well, as Larry said, I'm a bit slow. Yeah, Takes right. a bit of time to get, get things moving, Lani. You got one? Yeah, I have. Um, the AFLW. Yeah, talking to lovely young lady and Sophie Locke a little bit earlier. Still, they don't know when the season is going to start yeah. and finish. Yeah. When, well, when does that stop? No, well, that's tied into the CBA. So the CBA is going to be a joint CBA uh, this year coming up for men and women. That's about the only thing we know about it. Um, it needs to be signed, obviously. The men need it signed and the women need it signed because they need some certainty over sign and trade and all those things that have long happened, as Sophie's pointing out, You know, right up against it, the deadline on the eve of a new season as opposed to doing it postseason, which is what what everyone would prefer. So I think once we get the joint CBA locked in for a period of time, we'll have some certainty around those sort of things. But the indication are, is that they love that time of the year and that'll be the time of the year they stick to. But yeah, I mean, understandably, Sophie wants to know when she's got to be back yeah. training and all those sorts of things, the specifics um, around it all. Which um, So there's some time sensitivities with that. I've got another question without notice. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Okay. What does um, Brad Scott do was and right. the players do at mm. Essendon with the kerfuffle that's come up in the paper again this oh. morning with the Prez and no. James Hurd again 
And Kevin Sheedy again. That doesn't bother the players, surely. And that's my question. Does that have an effect on the coach and the players? Surely on February 8, that has zero effect on the players. They've had so much change there as well. Like, I know a lot of this is about the, the current president, but they've got a new CEO, they've got a new coach, they've got new players. It's a new start. Surely that just washes right over. Mm. Surely. Well, Collingwood in that board upheaval mid-season last season. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to affect no, them too much. Did not. Uh, no, it did not. I often wonder how much filters through to the playing group. I mean, unless it involves something on field uh, with a player or a coach, I, I'd always been of a mind that they move on really, really quickly, even if they have to move on at all. Hey, just quickly before you continue, Cam in Churnside Park, what I will do for you, mate, with that uh, mid-season trade period uh, text question without well, notice. No, you don't win a chook. I'll get you a double pass to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, final against the Perth Wildcats. It's a good prize tomorrow night. Uh, the first ever home final in franchise history for the Phoenix. Tickets available at Ticketek. Mm. Did you have something you wanted to go? No, on? I didn't. Oh, I've had my two. I, I had a couple of questions for you. You've answered them really well. I'm hey, pleased. Yeah. Well, Dave, Dave is. Dave is uh, texting, everyone should be able to prepare the pitch however they like. It's the main challenge of an international series. Otherwise, you may as well play on synthetic pitches worldwide. Need a fully developed skill set to be the world's best test nation, which includes playing on all types of decks. I'm I'm not sure, Dave, that Scoob's arguing with that. The natural characteristics of the wickets in India would ensure what you're saying. He's saying... um, you know, doctoring them, if for lack of a better phrase, is is a step too far. And if, if, those, if those pitches are right, those visuals are right, that the rest of the pitch has been watered and, the, and what do you mean if they're right? That, well, you know, I mean, okay, again, if if they yep. are right, I mean that that's wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> you you just can't do that. You you, you know, if an Australian curator mm. went out at the Gabba and watered oh. part of the pitch, you know, watered the, the that that half for the quicks and left it dry, you know, so the slow bowlers had more of an influence at that end. I mean, it's just, you just don't do that. No, well, just on that, the text has just dropped as you speak of the Gabba. Have we forgotten the horrendous grassy wicket the Gabba served up to South Africa? Typical Australia, short memories, excuses before a ball has even been bowled. And the, the curator put his hand up and said, you know, I've got this wrong. You know, didn't have time to prepare it and, you know, weather and whatever. So, but uh, again... That that pitch, the characteristics of the Gabba um, moves around a bit, gets quicker. What it was is a day underdone before those characteristics became part of that test match. Mm. Hey, about a week ago, I'd finally had enough with these pre-season challenges that the clubs have undertaken. You know, the ridiculous ones, the blindfolding with the buckets over the water, the the GWS challenges, and buckets I, I, over the head, yeah, over the head. Sorry, buckets over the buckets of water over the head, blindfolded, the relay races and the, and the like. And the the what tipped me over the edge ultimately was GWS players spending four hours separating white rice from brown rice. Um, and the, the bonding is, yes, that's exactly what they did. Uh, and Tom Atkins, the Geelong player, we did spend a bit of time talking about it on the captain's run that you don't see Geelong doing this sort of stuff. Um, they just worry about the football. Well, Tom Atkins was asked about it on Sports Day with Jared and Kane last night on his thoughts of, uh, 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 oh, Zanny and Gazy on drive. Sorry, it was. Uh, Tom Atkins was asked about the two of them on uh, separating brown and white rice. You've going through a camp situation, been preparing. Uh, Andy and I have been touching on some real quirky uh, leadership activities. Well, I think they're leadership team, activities. Team building type team arrangement. Team bonding yeah, yeah, type yeah. things of plucking brown rice from white rice and eating, eating all sort silk, of eating silkworms funky and, stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we, we're just struggling to come to terms of how that actually kicks in. Uh, do you guys get involved in any of that quirky stuff? 
no, I don't know. I'd like to be your imagination, fellas. Uh, <laughs> none of that's been going on down here. Um, we sort of we haven't really spoken um, about the leadership side of things. We've just been visiting schools and um, trying to get around to the kids. So um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how picking brown rice out of white rice <laughs> translates to footy. We, we don't <laughs> either. As Tom Atkins there, uh, they've been uh, pretty wacky up there at GWS. Um, hey, if it helps them uh, bond and play some good footy this year, then uh, good luck to them. The proof's in, in the pudding. I reckon we've jumped the shark oh, with yeah. that stuff. Hey, Toyota Call of the Year is back. For a tougher appearance at every angle, search Toyota Hilux Rogue today. Gary and Tim giving away a Toyota at the end of the year. Back uh, after this on Summer Brecky. Summer Breakfast. The AFL uh, yesterday, Scuba, not long after you and uh, Sammy Hargraves got off air, I reckon, uh, uh, and awarded uh, eight people life membership uh, to the league, uh, five AFL or former AFL players and three from uh, from outside. One of those was Bruce McAvaney, the Channel 7 veteran uh, sports broadcaster, of course, who was awarded life membership for special services to the game. There's some irony in that, isn't there? Special services. Um 30 years as a football caller, one of the best, if not the best in this country to do it. More than 1,000 AFL games he's called, 20 grand finals. He's done Olympics, Commonwealth Games, horse racing, tennis, I think swimming as well, basically peerless, the highest quality candidate in Australian media when it comes to this sort of stuff. And uh, he was asked on his beloved Channel 7 what his most memorable moment calling the footy was. Look, it is a chance to reflect. There have been so many. I'm old and I've been around for a long time, but... um, you know, when Plucker kicked that 1,300th goal, I mean, Gordon Coventry had held the, the record, the great Collingwood play since 1937, and I was at the Sydney Cricket Ground lucky enough to be calling that day. The week before, we thought he might get it against West Coast, and of course, he does it against Collingwood. It's a record that I don't think will be broken from the, uh, you know, it may be, but I doubt it. I mean, 1,300 goals, it's just amazing, isn't it? And of course, he went on to uh, add a few more to that total. So being there that day in that historic moment, that's one that really jumps at me, guys. Yeah. It was. That was uh, Plugger, the floater, Mel Michael on the mark in his Collingwood days at the SCG to the left of screen, of course. You got any favourite? It's moments like this when you reflect on, especially with our broadcasters and our commentators, some of the great lines and moments. With a thousand games behind the microphone, there's going to be some iconic phrases. You got any, got any oh, favourite? The Cathy Freeman call was... Oh, the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's probably the one I remember most about Bruce. And some of his race calls you know, have been fantastic yeah. too. Indeed, um, but I'm, I'm biased in in that way. Well, but... anything he turned his hand to, he mm. was so well researched. The yeah. fountain and I had thing on, things on tap that you just couldn't believe. I, he, working with him a couple of times, you know, he just has these A4 books, and there's pink and yellow and green texture all through them, and you know, he must have one of those photographic memories. And it just once he reads it, it stays. Mm. It's just one of those sort of guys, and you'll be having a conversation, you'll pluck something. And think, what? Where'd that come from? And you'll say, yeah, I think back in, and you'll he'll, he'll flick into a book, and you'll go into his bag, and yeah. pull out this book. You'll go back three years, you know, and he goes to the back of this A4 um, uh, book and, and says, yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, it was was back in September, you know, da-da-da. And you think, wow, we. Just the ultimate professional, the isn't stuff he? in isn't his he? head is, yeah. is extraordinary. Uh, he had his go-to phrases, of course, so which, which we know. It was a bit of special. Special. Um, you know, he found uh, Surioli particularly. Delicious. Yes. Uh, and then there were the ones that have become iconic over time. Like, I'm not sure if uh, Optus could ever get him on board for their marketing, but uh, he was all on board with a bit of yes. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I know it, it, BT's credited with the O oh Boy, isn't he? But I'm not sure what came first. There's a there's a BT O oh Boy, and then there's a Bruce O oh Boy. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> but my my all time favourite was years ago when uh, the Tigers got rolling. Now this was equal parts humorous, equal parts just frankly just absolutely bizarre. Raw. I love it. Uh, a lot of Richard supporters will remember that fondly. And Bruce is on SEN today out of 11 o'clock with his good mate. And you asked who was hosting mornings this morning. Mm. Not mornings this morning. Waitley. People know who you are, ma'am. And he's stateside as well. So he'll be in that uh, particular frame of mind. Phoenix, Arizona, this morning. For the Super Bowl. Jared Waitley back today. Uh, head of the Super Bowl, and he'll have Bruce McAvaney on. I love Jared. Yeah. Love Jared being on, but I wanted JDS on this morning. Why is that then? Oh, the Bombers front and back. Today. Uh, our final break here on Summer Brekkie. We'll be back uh, in a moment. Stay with us. Summer Breakfast. Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm going to sling the Summer Festival double pass at the Valley on the 24th of Feb uh, to Lani, who, uh, as we said, very delicately managed to give us both a little clip, um, Scoob, at the same time as uh, as praising us. So uh, for me, interrupting you and you, just uh, giving you wisdom and age and experience, taking a little while to wind up. So uh, experience fun you won't forget with racing, live music and entertainment. I'm a summer, Simon O'Donnell fan. Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 to February 24. And Gary, who called earlier... With a nice bit of uh, context around Essendon and the need for patience uh, there, Gaz, we'll sling you the 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart at Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au. Text just come in here, Tony Cochran gone from the Suns. Now, no, there's been some murmurs around the sun setting on uh, Tony Cochran. Some murmurs at this point in time, I think, unless it's been, uh, since we've been on air, it's been made public, but I'm not sure. Hey, yeah, uh, let's go over to Phoenix, Arizona, shall we? Where hopefully this man has travelled we well in time? and he's safe and sound. Jared Waitley's on the line. G'day, Jared. Sam, Simon, how are you? How's the excitement over there in the Valley of the Sun, Jared? Uh, inside a week now to Super Bowl 57, of course. Yeah, it builds. It builds each day. So we got in last night, and the, the first event they have is called Opening Night, which is the equivalent, I think, of, of our grand final parade, where at the Suns Basketball Stadium they sell tickets, and there's about seven or 8,000 people for the teams to be presented, and then they do their, their various media pods and, and conversations along the way. And then uh, I've just come from, so Fox Sports have had their launch. They're the broadcaster of this year's Super Bowl and they, they trot out their, their 20 or so leading talent. So, yeah, it's, uh, it builds. Have a, had a chat with Aaron Sipos and um, have seen Jordan Maylada, so we'll, we'll share a lot of that with you. Plus plenty of other stuff. You've mentioned Tony Cochran there. Mm. Is Tony's going to join me out of 11? Okay. I don't. I'm probably a couple of minutes away from being able to say why, but you can guess. But <laughs> Tony's going to join me after 11 and uh, and tell us what's going on at the Suns and Bruce McAvaney and and Robert mm. Craddock. Oh, I'm so I was listening to you a bit earlier, Simon. The the line between pitch preparation and pitch doctoring. It feels like India are tiptoeing that line right now. Mm. 
Yeah, but it can happen, Jared. You know, when you water the lawn at home, sometimes the hose just doesn't go far enough. <laughs> just doesn't get to the right spots necessarily. Uh, Jared, yeah, how did you we find did accidentally on purpose? How did you find Jordan Mylata then? Uh, 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 just the size of the man. Yeah, he's a great character. Yeah. So Ben Graham and I interviewed him last year, and I finished that interview by saying, I hope one day we're back mm. calling you in a Super Bowl. And I should have said to him, I hope next year we're back calling a Super Bowl. He, he's a big figure, Huge. literally and figuratively. They love him. The Americans love him. And they are well-versed in his story and what he's trying to achieve. Great to have Jared Waitley back on our airwaves. He will join you straight out of 9 o'clock. Jeez, it's a packed show. Uh, Jared over there in Phoenix, Arizona. So heavy Super Bowl flavour. But Tony Cochran, some big news out of the Suns, it sounds like, as well. So, Scoob, you've been magnificent as always. I thought so. I thought it was really good today. <laughs> we'll let you just have a little bit of R&R. You might get along to the Sheffield Shield today or the Marsh Shield. Uh, tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Well, let's uh, talk about that tomorrow at 6. Yeah.